Oh, this coffee's lukewarm. It's May 12, 2011. Welcome to This Is Only a Test, the official podcast of Tested.com. I'm Will Smith. Joining me today, as always, to my left, wearing a uh, squid shirt from Gomago, it would appear. Norman Chan, how you doing, Norm? Hey, you know, I'm going to talk about shirts for a while. I got a tweet earlier today because our Blackberry review, Blackberry playbook review went up, and I'm also wearing a squid shirt. And someone's like, how many squid shirts do you have, Norm? Or how many octopus shirts do you have? And I told the truth. None. I, f- I have four. You have octopus shirts no, or no. squid shirts? Exactly. I, well, I interpret it properly. I have four of these shirts plus a hoodie, but they're actually squids. Yeah. Uh, Gary, what a, you're wearing a novel shirt today. It appears to be a three turret moon, which is, I think, a riff on the wolf, three wolf it's moon. A, it's a yet another variation on the popular uh, three wolf moon so th- t-shirt. This, this is portal swag. This is portal swag. I'm very fortunate it's to a- have a couple of... Good friends of mine who I used to work with back in the magazine days who now work at Valve. Oh, so this is official Portal Swag. It's, it's not like no, a this fan is, thing. This is from the Valve store. It says Portal wow. on the side. Yeah, this is official merchandise. Wow. And, really pandering um, to the, the internet. I, uh, I emailed my buddy who works at Valve and said, I love that T-shirt. Uh, can, you, can you hook me up? And he actually sent me a whole box of Valve swag, which included wow. this T-shirt. And I'm very – I now have – Two of these uh, these three moon t shirts. I got my. But you key- don't have the original, right? No, I don't have the original. I, sh- I should kind of get that to complete the set, but I have the keyboard cat one. Where, okay. where is the original? And from? now I have this Amazon. It's it was an, it was an Amazon thing. It's like the, the reviews. User review me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, so it was the, you know it was kind of a cheesy Walmart type t shirt that was not meant to be ironic. But, <laughs> the reviews were but all the like, Amazon reviews were so legendarily funny that it became a thing. Right. Once I bought this T-shirt and started wearing it, I also had to buy a stick to beat off all the women who were trying to mate with me. And See what's what's great about funny. this about the three moon T-shirt but the meme yes. is that you know these meme shirts have a very short shelf life. You can only wear them for so long, and yeah. then that meme is kind of no longer cool, and you have to go get something new. I'm illustrating that point today. You are. We'll get to you. We'll get to you. But the three moon thing is great because you can just keep changing the thing. It can always be the moons, yeah. but you just keep adding. No, no, you add, well, so like, to be fair, keyboard it's, cat one, was moon, cool, it's one, one moon and, and then three, three characters. Right. And so the, the, the magic. Three wolves, yes. three wolves baying at the moon in a very yeah. cheesy mm-hmm. piece of artwork. Right. Keyboard cat came along and keyboard cat was a thing for a while. Yeah. So that, but you know, keyboard cat's kind of out now. And now turrets are, are, are in again because portal turrets are the new turrets cats. Are, it's very appropriate because you can the turrets have personality. They do have little personalities. And so, like in, in the, I don't know if people haven't seen the shirt, but the turret on top it's opening. There's a laser coming out. You can see ammunition. And you can hear its voice almost. You know, if you go on Twitter, you can see both uh, my t-shirt there? and uh, Will's today. Mm. Are you still you are. there? It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a great the tur- shirt. The turrets got bumped to, uh, well, th- well, well, what's next? What's next for the, hold on, but there's another, well, I mean, level, who knows? Whatever the next, wolf, whatever the next meme is, shirt. they'll there's, plug that into There's it. another level to this portal shirt that only Gary and I appreciate because oh, we're wow. the only ones that have, you know, done the entire run on portal. Oh, Norm hasn't finished the single player? No. Wow, that's disappointing. I, I thought better of you. Than I was that. hoping to be able to talk about this in fake outtakes today, but somebody can't get their shit together and finish the seven hour game. Why not? I've been too busy. Norm's Norm's working and Bailey going out and hanging out in clubs and stuff. 
going having to a real life all night techno party, living the life of a young man right. as opposed to us sweaty bars right. we're done with that we finished that game already I mean if I want to live life I watch Married with Children for like four or five hours on Netflix exactly. you know Gary I have a photo here that will infuriate you there's everything I hate about the mission what is this look at this there are three things about this picture oh, hold on I accidentally pressed the home button and messed it up let me oh get it back God. here it is okay so um, look at that. It's so a it's a it's a bike an a upside to- down a toddler bike. Toddler BMX bike. Toddler is, BMX bike that is that is bike locked to a what a lamppost a, of some kind? But that is locked. So one it is a toddler bike, BMX bike. Yeah. In the middle of the street at night. Bike locked, heavily bike locked to a parking meter and it's upside down. Can you still that, pick that, those defines, cri- that represents that, some of what I hate about the mission, but it can't possibly encompass all of it. Well, that was racist. It's 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 um, yeah. That's it's, art. Uh, yeah, that's art. Street so, art. Uh, if you guys want to stop your incessant prattling, we can talk about the biggest news week of the year so far. Wait, wait, Huge. wait, wait. wait. Oh, we, haven't we, done, we haven't finished Wilshire. your t-shirt yet. Oh, so you're wearing a Lonely Island knockoff go. t-shirt? Yeah, I got this from Woot. I think. Perhaps. Did you did you choose to get that because Lonely Island uh, have a new album out, or is it just a random? No, thing? I've had this for years. I bought okay. this. I bought this. Uh, it so looks I'm well wearing, worn. I wore it three times. <laughs> it looks so very well is, worn. So Someone doesn't. A, that's, a, that, that's indicative of the quality of the shirt. So it's a I, can of a can of Mister Pib. Yes. Plus mm-hmm. a box of or, or a barrel of red vines yes. equals crazy delicious, right. which it of is course a, we know is from classic Lazy Sunday. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. The chronic what calls of Narnia. The chronic. It's called, it's called Lazy Sunday. It's, it's Lazy called Sunday. Lazy Sunday. Yeah, yeah, Sunday. Yeah, no, I know, yes. but people people don't know. I mean, well, Anna didn't know what this is from. Anna's a well known. Really, Anna, the well known contrarian, yet also person who lives on the internet. Uh, she should be up. She did, should be the most did not up all the get memes. the reference. And true to her contrarian roots, when we said it's from the Chronicle What or Chronicle What Calls the Narnia, the Elias Sunday video, she said, "Oh, I know that." But the only reference she really calls out for that is the, the Aaron Burr dropping Hamiltons, which is the line, best right? one. Which I, is the I best had never line. caught that before. That's fucking brilliant. Yeah, right. Uh, but but yeah. So this is a shirt that I bought. Uh, this is a, this was. I knew you were going to wear the three turret moon shirt today. I could look into the future. I don't and think see. you did know that because even I, to the last minute, I was I was I, pondering. I knew for a fact you would not be able to resist the lure of a fresh meme laden t shirt. So how did that three, how did that mode. affect your decision? Well, so I wore this to illustrate the lifespan of a internet meme based t shirt. I could have alternately worn the rent is too damn high T-shirt that I got last year. You've worn that a couple times already. See, I think some yeah. memes have longer shelf lives than others. I think the 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 Mr. Pip Red Vine's crazy delicious. That is legendary and could live a long time. Well, that the rent is too damn high. I think is very ephemeral. Yeah. Like that's well, that, already had its death. I don't know. There was a Saturday Night Live skit with that guy again this week. I, I know, think and that's coming right. back. That, I don't know. That yeah. kind of felt a little bit played out. To but me, the thing but. is, that T-shirt, the rent was too damn high. Is it was a. Uh, like a, like a like a the typography was a spoof of something else. Well, yeah, it's a riff on the keep common carry yeah. on. So there, that was a combination of memes and the the red vine and Mister Pib stuff. That's legendary because that that line that video made YouTube what it's saying. Memes, right. memes are, are fascinating. You know, they have their own life and their own uh, you know half lives now, and they tell I think they tell us a lot about what has become popular culture in the age of the internet and well, how some catch on and some don't. And it's interesting how that stuff spreads. Like just the other day, my mom sent me a link to Hamster Dance. So I was pretty excited wow, about per- that. Perhaps the original yeah. grandfather of all memes. Yeah, the, the beginning. Yeah, that and uh, Badger, 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 Mushroom, Mushroom. No, what about the guy on the website? I don't know if, don't know if you can guy find that anymore. Who had the, the homepage. That was one of the first memes. The, the uh, European guy. I don't remember a meme. What you'd think of as today, I don't think anything like a viral. Oh, you got to check this out. Well, the word, the word didn't. Hamster Dance was the first I think one that's got to be the original. The word didn't come out until Richard Dawkins. He invented. He, he created he, the word. He popularized meme. the word. 
meme. Okay. We talked about Yeah, Hamster Dance was a meme before memes existed. Well, me- no, but meme meme has been a word for a long time. Meme has been a word since like the 70s or 80s. Right, but not right. in the sense that we In terms we know of like now, an internet right. viral social yeah. culture. Well, the, thing. the internet made memes a thing that is in the The internet made memes a meme. Yes. Recursive <laughs> memes. Yes. <laughs> Put in the a, comments. But it's uh, fascinating how you can't yeah. consciously create. Like if you say I'm going to go out and create a meme, you it well, some people well, have meme, done, meme, have been successful doing you, that. You can, but well, you, memes generally have to have to be discovered by accident. The, I it's think. A, it, the lamest thing in the world was a few years ago. Today had tried to create a viral video, which they really meant try to create a meme. And they had like it was like housewives and and old people mm. making. There was also that f- small firm who did the uh, the girl who took photos of herself with the lonely girl. For, no, no, no. Well, lonely girl was that was that was total fake. But the one right. with the uh, the girl who like, quit her job and then she had these like signed cards oh, right, right, by right. her boss. Yeah, uh, that was like the, that how, was, I, that, how I quit my. But job that was with exposed photos. as a fake. And, and the day after, and the people who created that had said this is their experiment of how. They could, you know, can we create a meme? Can we create a meme and how fast can spread? And And they were, they were successful, very successful. Yeah, but like, do you, for example, do you think when they were creating the Rebecca Black video that anyone that was going, this is going to catch on in an ironic way? No, 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 no. 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 That was one hundred percent serious, right? Internet serious. Well, I don't think it was serious. I think it was just like a, hey, I want to make a music video, but I don't really have any talent. So here, if I pay a few thousand, well, you know how that. But what's interesting is the irony. A success of it actually ended up being parlayed back into the real success that she wanted. Like she's made a lot of money. Yeah, Sometimes I don't know. If I was, think about yeah, that and cut yeah, myself. Yeah. yeah, you're just jealous, angry, angry. You don't have a pop career, you're, you're, Gary. You're the only one who like who posts that video every Friday. It, it makes me happy, <laughs> and I don't just post it. I listen to it every Friday morning. It puts me in a good mood. <laughs> Do you listen to Manic Monday on Monday mornings? No, you should. I like Friday. Okay, because I because I, I don't want to hear a Do song. That, the, I don't I don't want to hear a song about the depressing week that lies ahead. I want to hear an uplifting, happy song about the weekend to come. Wait, just, way just, to ruin your weekend. I, I I can't. N- n- we're done. Newsweek, biggest Newsweek of the year. Huge Newsweek. Huge. Uh, so first off, I- I'm going to take Patrick Klepek's line here. PlayStation Network is still down. Hold on a second. Do you want Do you want to talk about what we've been testing, or is this all news? We're we're we're, we're remember we changed the format, so it's news. Oh, up we front. did. I thought we used, we used to do testing, but we like okay. three weeks ago. I sent really? a memo. I don't know if you got that, but like it was about the cover sheets and moving news to the front. After the idle I didn't chit-chat get that memo. section. And then that probably goes straight into – I'll check my junk folder. It's, it's <laughs> the right place for memos yeah. from me probably. Yeah, get your assistance uh, to follow it. So Google I.O. this week, uh, That's that's happens once a year. It's their developer conference. Uh, but that's not we'll, – we'll, we'll get to that in just a sec. Do you think that's the biggest news of the week? PlayStation Network is still down. That's almost not news anymore. That's just now the way things are. I feel like that's the, th- the place we lead because I'm still stunned that that shit's not working yet. Well, I, I'm, I'm not so much stunned. I'm, I'm stunned about how poor the infrastructure was before that led to this. But I'm glad that they're actually taking, you know, the, time to taking fix the time to fix it right and not just turning it back on. Tycho at Penny Arcade wrote a, a good editorial about it this week where he basically – you know, he's in the business of, of making fun of you know, parodying things that are happening in the games yeah. industry. And said, you know, there's there's no more juice the to, turnip be, has to, been to, to be sucked dry. out of this bone. Like it's it's not funny anymore. It's just sad. It's yeah. just a bad situation. Well, and if you think about it, now they've missed two of their big multiplayer games for the year: Motorstorm and SOCOM. Both have been completely lost. Portal Two, which had Portal which 2. had a tremendous uh, cross-platform yeah. innovations. That's no one's been able to get at that. They're multi- mm-hmm. like I have a Mortal Kombat, a game that yeah. people would love to be playing online. Yeah, uh, uh, Brink. 
maybe not loving to be played Less online. So. But there was a bunch. There was a bu- This was a bad time for this to happen. Yeah, I I uh, I have a copy of Portal Two because like my plan was for after we finished our our Portal Two co op experience mm-hmm. to go back and play that with my wife while she would play on the PS3 because she liked yeah. the thumbsticks. Well, well, by the time we and finish, maybe it'll be back up. That's possible. Here's the thing: all three of us have are, are multi console owners. We have yes. you know PlayStation, Xbox, and. We have PCs, gaming PCs. Some of us play more game, PC gaming than others. But I don't know anyone who just has a PS3, and I wonder how that feels. It just like, that's feel the thing. Bad. I feel like I've been one step removed from the tragedy of this because yeah. you know I, I have both systems, but I don't play. I don't really play online on the PlayStation. I usually, if there's a multi-player uh, component, I'll yeah, you buy the Xbox because that's where my fr- my friends list yeah. there is much more robust. Um, so, you know, most of our focus has been on how bad this is for Sony and thinking about it from a business perspective. It sucks for the users. But the real victims here are the users. They're the guys that can't go on and play their, their games. Yeah. And I'm, I, I'm, I guess the way for me to imagine it is imagine if this happened to Xbox Live. I have to wonder what, Microsoft, what, what Sony's make good is for this. On the, I know they've said they're going to give people game, but I, I don't feel like Well, a like game a free month of PlayStation Plus or whatever is Ooh. probably not going to cut it. Yeah. But what can they really do? So many users are affected that, you know, they, they can't really make any recompense of any value without it costing them a ridiculous amount of money yeah. now there is a single surfing good. website out now where you can check to see whether playstation is psn down is psn down.com i believe is the site yeah I don't know. it just um, gives you a big old no yeah exactly the good news is, no, the, is it up right is, is it is psn up or something i don't just know search for is yeah. playstation Do we really need a resource like that i get the feeling that the Do second I, it goes back up everyone's gonna single surfing sites it. are hilarious yes they are uh so uh playstation news still the same uh, other huge news before we get into the Google stuff. Uh, Microsoft bought Skype. I think that's probably the biggest news of the week. I, well, in some ways it is, but there's there's more news density around the Google stuff. Um, Microsoft bought Skype for $8.5 billion. Which I've been told is With the a B. biggest. Just, just hold on. Let me say that again. Accentuate the B. Microsoft bought Skype for $8.5 billion. So you should do it. Yeah, exactly. You should put your pinky <laughs> finger to the corner of your mouth. Like there was a great tweet. I think um, John Gruber tweeted it. It was like, we'll pay you $7 billion. No, no. Skype says, we'll pay you $7 billion. Is what Gruber said. No, Skype's like, we want $7 billion. Microsoft, not a penny over 8.5. Deal. Yeah. I, I, okay. So there's two ways to look at this. One, a lot of people are upset because they feel like Microsoft's going to ruin Skype. I, I'm actually on the other side because I think of all the places that Skype could have ended up. Do you think that Microsoft- we're going to go on Skype and like that fucking paperclip's going to show up now? No, no. Dude, no. they haven't had a paperclip so, in it. Okay, let's, let's, oh, no. let's be objective about this. I, I know, I'm still haunted by I know it. the gut reaction is to say, and the, and the media reaction from a lot of people on Twitter was, this is going to ruin Skype. Oh, Microsoft, fuck. Microsoft is, has been known in recent years to buy companies and do either nothing with them or do pretty poor jobs implementing them. And shoehorning their services, such as Live, uh, into these other services. Not Xbox Live, Windows Live. Yeah, Windows Live and, and .NET and whatever. Um, so, I mean, I think, I think compared to the other places Skype could have gone, though, well, Skype, Microsoft Skype in- wouldn't have gone anywhere, first of all. Because I know a lot of people were saying that Google and Facebook were courting Skype. It makes no sense. Skype was not going to sell to Google. Skype was not going to sell to Facebook. Why would Skype not sell to Facebook? Facebook, a, vo- a voice service on Facebook. Skype, I don't, I don't Facebook think, doesn't have its own voice service. I don't, I don't think Facebook would. From from the reports I've read, the offers were not very serious. Skype was looking to go uh, get uh, break out into IPO. They're right. pre-IPO. And the investors who bought Skype from The Canadian eBay, Pension Board. Because um, eBay... Actually, they bought the shortest share of Skype from eBay. Right? Right. I believe it was two hundred million dollars, and um, or or actually maybe a fair amount more than that. 
um, they were looking to offload Skype pretty much. eBay wanted rid of Skype. Well, oh, eBay you're got, the investors. The investors also. Yeah, yeah. They were looking to get their money back quickly, and they did. And eBay actually still owned a 30% stake in Skype, and they made their money back. And the founders of Skype, I think they still own like 15% each. Yeah, they, the two they, guys. they had they, a good they, week, they, too. They, they, they're now billionaires. Yeah. So, billionaires. So um, I, like, I think in the short term, this isn't going to affect Skype at all. No. And, and also remember, a lot of people are actually complaining about the last version of Skype, and well, the Mac version especially was bad. I, I think recent versions, it had hit, hit that critical mark where like the service, the, the uh, software was a little too much. You just wanted – It's heavy. Yeah. It's, it was getting to like real player five. It was not that bad, but it was like AIM when AIM started on yes. the downhill slide. AIM 8.0 or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, so, so I, I mean short term, this isn't going to matter for, for Skype users, right? I mean it's, Skype's going to stay Skype. There might be a Microsoft logo on the loading page. Uh, it, they're not Microsoft is can't be going to try to roll this into live. If anything, they're going to use the Skype backend technology for Windows Live. Well, SIP. I, I think and VoIP calls. I, I think they're going to roll into live. I think it's going to be one account, but it all depends on how easy Microsoft makes uh, to unify your Skype and live accounts. But the, I mean, the whole point of the whole thing about Skype is that it's universal. It works on Windows, Linux. Phones, sure. tablets, everywhere, sure. and, and Microsoft, and Microsoft wants, has to continue that, and, right? Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And and they said they will. So uh, Skype is going to be an entire separate business division of Microsoft now. It's going to be like, a big like part up of there it. with entertainment and office. I don't know. It's, it's eight billion dollar business for them. I guess. I guess that's true. Um, I think they're still making like billion dollars in revenue every year. Of course, the margins well, are pretty low on that. Yeah, I mean, the, the crazy thing is their revenue per user is like thirty dollars per year or something. Which is good with the number of, of active users they have is going to take a long time to earn back. So yeah. Microsoft either has to juice more revenue out of Skype users or get a lot more users, right? My my question about this deal yes. is the same one that Sergey apparently had when they were talking about whether or not they wanted to buy them at, at Google. Sergey Brin. Yeah. Yeah. There was there was a report this week of, you know, a big meeting with uh Sergey and Larry Page and uh, and Eric Schmidt were all sitting around, and the people at Google who were the proponents of buying Skype were making the presentation saying, here's why we should buy them. And Sergey had a bunch of uh, questions that he couldn't answer, one of them being, why would we spend this much money buying this when we could just as easily build our own for a fraction of the cost? Well, right? that's why Google had no interest in buying it, because they have Gchat and they have Google, Google Voice. Voice and all yeah, the other right. things. And it, well, it's not like Google has needs users. Microsoft Nor could... Microsoft. Could build its own Skype competitor. So what? What are they really paying? Mm. Are they just paying for the name, the brand? No, they're, they're paying for the user money? base and the infrastructure. They could build their own, but no. I mean, it's just like MSN Messenger, who you really uses that, except from like Microsoft employees and people um, who are tied into Exchange. Exactly. So, and Skype as infrastructure, it's it's in TVs, it's in basically every single connected device. Right. It's a platform. I mean, the the thing with you're buying Skype is it's almost like you're buying a telecom. Uh, it, the thing is, nobody's figured out how to make money off of it yet. Because the, the fundamental thing about Skype that makes it hard to make money is that Skype-to-Skype Skype calls are free and everybody has a computer with a camera. Right. And the, but the, way that Skype, the only way that Skype monetizes it is by selling credits to, so you can actually call regular phones Connect into it. the old yeah. school phone network. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I think we'll – I'm interested to see what happens with this. I think it could have been a lot worse. I I've, been, I've been reading a lot on Oz Technica and other of these blogs commenting on it because it's such a complicated deal. I, this is one of these ones that like, I think is beyond me. Like, I can't understand – yeah, it's, I, it's I, huge. I, I don't feel like I can authoritative, authoritatively say if this is a good or a bad deal. The majority of people out there, like the Ars Technica guys and other people that are very smart, are saying they don't understand this deal. Yeah, I, I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't make. I, I don't think it makes sense, and I'm. I'm not. I'm in the same boat you are on this one. I, I think. Um, I think. I, I, yeah, I think Microsoft needs to do something, and 
I think doing this is better than doing nothing. Do something even if it's wrong. Well, who knows? Microsoft I, I don't know if it'll be wrong, but it, it gives them <laughs> it gives them reasons to, you know, not the actual incentive to actually do it. I would right. ra- I would much rather see Microsoft build than acquire. Well, but I mean, the thing is, that Skype as a platform is really super mature. I mean, like Norm said, there's there's clients for everything for Skype, and that's something that takes a long time to build out, especially if you want to make it good. Uh, when you're building a new service, and you know, having having the you know the the best Skype client and the best Skype in- interface in Windows Phone Seven when it's all all you know Nokia phones and stuff, that would be a big selling. Yeah, point I mean, too. if if you're if you're talking about adding video chat to Windows Phone Seven, and you're competing, and you have Skype, and you're competing with Apple's proprietary thing that's open but not really, then why would you you know then that's that's a huge selling factor, or it could be, and the time to buy it is. Now is right because by the time it all gets integrated into Microsoft hardware and services, uh, hopefully wireless infrastructure will be good enough that VoIP will actually yeah. be good and, and something that we can actually use. You know, you're talking about cutting the cord, cutting the, the old phone cord, or even like cellular well, a lot cord. of A lot more people have cut the phone cord already. Well, I mean, even, even the cellular service. Well, maybe. You think? Yeah. You just I, have data I, plan on your I, phone? I, yes. Will the telecoms even do that? Sure, there's. I don't plan. think you can get just a data plan for your iPhone. Well, not for the iPhone, of course. But, but I, I don't. You can get just a data plan for your iPad. Well, yeah, but okay, but I, I mean, okay. Well, okay, table this for later. Let's we'll keep an eye on this. I'm interested to see what happens with Skype. I'm sure there'll be updates uh, in the not too distant future. I guarantee you, at E3 in a couple of weeks, uh, we'll see somebody standing on stage talking about Skype coming to Xbox and Connect. Like that's a clear no brainer. And that's going to put Skype on every TV that has an Xbox connected to it, which is a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, uh, let's talk about Google I.O. It's been, a, whole, been a, a whole raft of announcements. It, it, yeah, it's it's a never-ending cavalcade. Well, let's, let's split the announcements between Well, there's three their, things. Uh, I almost found it difficult to, to keep up with because it was like they, there's so many different areas of Google now. And they, they, they covered pretty much everything. Well, the but, first day was Android and the second day was Chrome. Right. right. So we can split up that way. Uh, and even within the announcements, there's product announcements and there's like there's numbers there's announcements, success. So we can go talk about the uh, the numbers stuff first. So I was going to skip the numbers, but okay, run down the numbers, Norm. Android, 100 million activations, it, units sold. Some I don't understand how Google represents these numbers. Uh, they talk about rate. So I think it's talking about like uh, 600,000 activations a day now. But that counts old phones re- being reactivated and I, stuff I, like I, that, right? I, I mean, it's unclear. Exactly sure. it's, it's unclear. It seems marketing-y. Um, so... Android's doing relatively well. Uh, you know, they talk about how many apps there are in, in the market now versus how many apps. You know, I think there are like two hundred thousand apps now, something okay. like that, on the Android market. Um, it's 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 doing well. I, I mean, I think everybody's. I think nobody's surprised by this. Yes, Android phones are selling well. Woo. Okay, so the actual product announcements for Android. Yeah, this is this is where I got excited. There are about. two things: uh, Honeycomb three point one. Okay. This is a tablet only. Tablet only. So they confirmed that Honeycomb is tablet only. Yes. And it will continue to be tablet only. And Honeycomb 3.1 has a lot of the features that we saw in like TouchWiz on uh, the Galaxy Tab. So So stuff you saw. Widgets. It's it's a relatively minor update. um, And it's out for Motorola Zoom 3G owners right now. Uh, Ours does not have it for some reason. uh, I I didn't check this morning, so it may have gotten it finally. Is, Is Zoom being considered right now kind of the flagship? Android Zoom's the only platform. Android tablet that runs Honeycomb right now. Right. No, L- the LG. Uh, oh, the G LG one's out. Sorry, is out, and also the uh, the Asus uh, Transformer. Transformer. I'm just saying, like in the absence of of, of a Nexus equivalent in in a tablet form, is the it's Zoom the considered the go to? Yeah. 
I mean, I, I would say it is the it's the dev platform. It's the it's the stock experience. Um, well, stock experience and lead skew are two two different things because while the Zoom is the stock experience and it is the you know the Nexus One of the Honeycomb tablets. Well, it's more the Motorola Droid of the Honeycomb tablets. Well, Motorola Droid wasn't Mo- stock experience. Motorola Droid was stock Droid experience. One? Yeah, well, it was straight Android hmm. oh, yeah, before Moto Blur. Um, and then, but the Galaxy Tab Ten Point One, I guess, is the new the new hot shit. Okay. Okay, so Honeycomb uh, 3.1, um, Zoom uh, Wi-Fi owners will get in a couple weeks, and it will be rolled out to other uh, Honeycomb and, and so the big changes are resizable widgets, uh, new task manager, and a different, uh, slightly host. different multi, multitasking uh, mode. And, and the big USB thing is host. USB hosts. Yeah. So, so you can plug keyboards and other peripherals into it. Like gamepads. If you have well, – if the app support it. But also you need adapters because it's micro USB and you have to do it like micro USB to – It's a, it's a weird it's, – it's, it's funny. I did a little bit of research on this. I couldn't find out if – typically micro USB is only for device end. So my, like USB ca- cables are a specific design and they have different ends for the computer end, the host end, and the device you're connecting end. So for example, like when you have the old school USB with the weird kind of roundy looking cable on one end and the big flat one on the other end. You, the round end always goes into the into the thing that you're plugging in. Same mm-hmm. thing for the micro USB and mini USB. Those are always for the not computer end. Right. The square end is always for the computer end. Right. So in order to use these tablets as a host, there has to be a whole set of new cables or adapters that I've never actually seen before. Oh, um, I never even thought about that. Yeah, I've got to go hit mono. I'm keeping to hit mono price and seeing if they're available. But well, the other thing that's interesting about all this, from kind of a dogmatic viewpoint, is whatever. Tab, tablet dogma you subscribe to this is either very good or very bad like there are you know more if you're on the ios if you subscribe to the jobsian vision then touch is the language and uh, mm. plugging traditional keyboard and, and mice type attachments into these things uh is is kind of sacrilegious not necessarily because ios has supported keyboard since but not since, but not mice uh, and never mice and, and, but it's not gonna be mandatory and i think the mouse thing uh because 3.1 will also uh get on be on google tv Right, and that's where mouse and keyboard support might be really useful. Yeah, but again, that gets that you get into that really weird situation where what are you doing? Like sitting in your couch with a keyboard on your lap? Like people don't. Really yeah, want I'm, to do I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Every time I've tried to use a keyboard with the tablet, that I wasn't using the dock with the tablet too. It was a massive, massive pain in the ass. And even with the dock, it's not a real good experience. Yeah. So the the one thing I can see is maybe plugging in a gamepad and hooking the hooking up a tablet to your to your big TV and using it as like a kind of the shittiest game console ever. Like that's something I can see maybe doing. That's not that exciting to me. I just I, – I'm not – like a lot of people are excited about like two-stick shooters and the ability to play Quake and stuff like that. That's kind of neat. Like I could see maybe having a thin gamepad that you hook up to play emulated SNES. And it's, it's a novelty thing. Ga- it's not something that people are going to be really doing. That's kind of how I feel too. Uh, the one exception is cameras. So being able to offload photos and stuff from your from your uh, you can hook USB mass storage devices up to it, including cameras, and when you plug your camera in, it'll suck the photos off. So if you want to use your tablet as a photo store or a way to upload ta- photos in the field, if you have a cell connection, that's kind of exciting. It's actually. not that it's that's no more if you just went about just cameras though. That to me is no more exciting than shipping with an SD card slot, which would which would do the same job. Well, but nobody's going to ship with a full size. SD card. It'll all be micro SD, which yeah. which you can't. And even micro SD on like the Zoom, uh, not activated yet. Still, yeah, yeah. 
So, um, so yeah, that that's the the honeycomb info. Uh, they gave out uh, Samsung Galaxy Tab well, 2.1s. We'll yes. talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but uh, the other thing we we got to talk about Google TV getting 3.1. Oh yeah, so and, honeycomb. Yeah, to Google TV, which I guess means it isn't tablet only. It means it's tablet and Google TV only. So Google uh, TV, since it launched, you you certainly believe this, and uh, the fact that that Google even kind of recalled it uh, from a lot of their partners seems to suggest that it was a big. Big misfire. What what are they doing to to write the ship? They didn't talk about that at all. Okay, they're going to add uh, Android three point. They're going to run uh, upgrade it to Android three point one this summer, and they're going to add the Android Marketplace. So I think I think that this is well, so a you response. Can, so you can run apps on your so you TV. You can run apps on the TV. I okay. think th- I think this is the response to all the networks immediately blocking the Google TV browser. Uh, when you access like cbs.com or abc.com so or wait, Hulu the, or whatever. The Google TV UI is is a, is a, is a custom flavor of Android? Is that yeah, right? it, okay. it's running Android. I think uh, uh, Froyo, but maybe a Claire. I can't remember. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I mean the, the interesting thing about this is like they talked about Google TV. They didn't say, hey, we know we fucked this up really badly. Um but they did say, hey, we're, we're going to add the App Store. So the way I look at the App Store for Google TV is that that's a way for TV networks and content providers to provide uh, ways to view their content on Google TV but still control the experience. So rather than have people access through the web browser or something like that, you'll download a, you know, an ABC app or a HBO Go app or whatever just like you do on the iPad right. uh, and access your content that way. It's actually a, a demo on YouTube right now. You can watch for what Honeycomb will look like for Google TV. And the interface uh, does look a little different. I mean, you're going you're gonna to have widgets. Okay. Um, the oh. apps are going to be at the bottom. Um, I'm not sure exactly how you're going to control it. Uh, well, but, you have a giant keyboard, so it's like, no problem. Well, I mean, I, it's not going to be touch. So is, right. is, is, it, is it mouse controlled to activate these widgets? Um, well, they have the trackpad on those uh, on those. Oh, I guess keyboards. they do, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess there is mouse already. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, 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 this does not really change my feeling about Google TV, but when when it comes, we'll test it out. Plug it in. Plug the the Google TV is aging in the storage room right now. I'm still very cynical about Google TV. Well, I mean, like it's easy to to bet against a little tiny company that's trying to do this when you're talking about Google, who has an incredible amount of money and massive number of engineers. Like they'll keep hammering at it until they get it right. Is kind of the way I look at it. Just just don't buy the first generation, right? Uh, so actually, no, no one knows if they're going to actually be able to update your existing Google TVs to 3.1. It might be a whole line, new line of devices. Oh, they really didn't suck. confirm that they're going to upgrade those? I, I, I got to think they have to. They can't burn the 50,000 Yeah, you're not going to ask people to go out and buy all over again. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's those a, hardcore users. Yeah, that's, a, that's not a good way to burn your hardcore users. I just, I, you know, I feel like even though TV is becoming more like the internet, you know, with uh, interactive experiences and app-based content and stuff like that, the experience of TV is very different to using a computer. I don't, I don't believe that people want to sit in a couch with a keyboard-type two-handed controller on their lap. I think they want a classic remote. That's why Apple TV ships with that classic old-fashioned remote, is that people want to channel surf and move around one-handed the old-fashioned way. I don't, I, I don't like the idea of this kind of hybrid computer TV experience. I don't think people are going to be comfortable well, with Well, I that. mean, the thing is, the, what, I think you're right about having to have the remote. I think there has to be a basic level of functionality accessible with that. And if you want to really dig in and get into the hardcore stuff, then you pick up your tablet or phone or, or whatever. But, I mean, in order for Google TV to succeed, 
they really have to embrace iOS as well as Android when when you're interfacing mobile devices. Because, I mean, there's so many iPhones and iPads out there and iPod Touches that if you don't make that an option for controlling yeah, these absolutely. devices, you got real problems. The same thing applies to Apple TV to a lesser extent. I think I think people who are in the Android ecosystem are more likely to have multiple devices than people who are really into the Apple ecosystem, uh, uh, different, different OS devices. But, I, I mean, either way, I, I think it's really super important that Apple – uh, kind of, I mean, yeah. that and, uh, Google like I- embrace everything. It's it's weird, you know. Like I got that uh, Xfinity uh, app for the iPhone and iPad, which yeah. is a far superior way to kind of browse and channel surf. The Xfinity the, TV, not the My Xfinity, right? It's the Xfinity TV app, which yeah. lets you channel surf and it wirelessly controls your uh, cable box and. Mm-hmm. It's very clever. You can record from it. You know, you can get much more information. You can see on demand so stuff. You can do all kinds of cool stuff. And yeah, I still find myself most of the time forgetting that it exists and just using my my old fashioned TV remote to channel surf the you know the the old school way. Yeah, the only t- the only time I use that TiVo app is when I want to add stuff to my season passes. Right. Uh, but anyway, uh, other big news, of course, ice cream sandwich. I can't believe I haven't talked about this yet. But ice cream sandwich is the next major release of Android, and it's going to be the one that combines. Tablet UI and phone UI into one delicious ice cream sandwich. Is it bad that that logo UI. makes me hungry when I look at it? I've oh, wanted it an ice cream so sandwich. Hungry. It makes me want an ice cream Tuesday. sandwich. Tuesday. Yeah. I haven't had an ice cream sandwich in five years probably. I love ice cream sandwiches. Good. Let's you know not what? talk about food right now because we're not even halfway through the podcast. Okay, okay. I love, uh, Gary, that when you were talking <laughs> with Anna on Twitter, uh, Anna said that, uh, the ice cream sandwich logo made her think of like Android Frozen and Carbonite, and you said it makes it look like like a bed. It looks like it looked like a it mattress. Yeah, it looks like a mattress. <laughs> a mattress. I, that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to train myself to think of it like a mattress, and not an ice cream sandwich, because it was giving me ice cream it cravings. Does. It does look it's like a nice mattress. Okay, That'd be a good uh, think geek. Uh, you ever have one of those Mrs. Fields cookie sa- ice cream? I don't like those. I don't like Mrs. Fields. I, I, I like the Itsits. Yeah, oh, yeah. And the Big Daddies. You ever had a duck puck at Disney? A mighty duck puck at Disneyland? No. Oh, so good. Oh, let's make the, the tangent. Okay. okay. Too much news for tangents. So ice cream sandwich. Wow, that is an incredible level of self-control. I'm saving, I'm saving you the hassle up. of you I'm having savoring. to get fascist about it. Okay, so uh, so yeah, ice cream sandwich uh, coming out quarter four this year, so late this year. So what are the big big upgrades? Uh, I didn't really talk about that that much. Oh, well, yeah. they just showed a logo. It'll have the it'll have the UI that uh, appeared on the honeycomb tablets, the kind of more 3D. Uh, it's it's interesting because that, that implies to me that they're going to move away from the physical buttons on the phones. For back home and uh, I don't think they can do that. I, I I don't think they can either. But I mean, I don't think I don't think they're going to ask permission. So when is this coming out? Uh, let, let last quarter of this year. Well, again, so. well, the thing I, I I know I've hammered on this before, but like, there's no simple answer to that question, right? Because it really depends on what phone you have. It's a lottery who gets these updates. Well, and, Nexus and S get will them. get that right out right. of the bat, and there'll be a lead skew on. But if it, I have a that. Droid or a Galaxy or something, I've got no idea when I'm going to so, get. So, well, it's speaking, interesting you mentioned that, Gary. Updates, is there, hold on. Is there anything else we missed on ice? I, I mean, that's really – they didn't give any information at all about ice cream other than it will use the new UI and they're adding some APIs to help developers uh, have have more control or, or have to worry less about the proliferation of SKUs of phones mm. uh, when they're building apps. So like right now if you want to build an app in the app marketplace and you want to release a one that works on 1.6 but also one that's optimized for gingerbread, you have to have two different products in the app store. Right. In the app marketplace. Now you'll be able to have one product and it'll look when you download the phone when – you, when you connect your phone to it, it'll say, oh, this is an Android 1.6 device. I should give you the shitty version and get the good version. Well, that's much better. Right. I Because mean, that's, that's very the, confusing otherwise. That's the way it should work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's talk about the, let's talk about the new initiative. Uh, they didn't. Did they announce a name for this? Nope. 
Uh, so uh, basically, Google, along with the founding members of the Open Handset Alliance, which is basically all the U.S. carriers plus a few others, uh, it's basically AT&T, Verizon Sprint, T-Mobile, and the, ma- the big manufacturers, so HTC, Motorola, LG, Samsung. Samsung, have announced that they are working together to solve the problem you just mentioned, Gary, the when will my phone get updated problem. Wonderful. This I've been wanting this for a long time. Unfortunately, the the and I, I think this is the thing that they teased in that Business Insider story that leaked a few weeks ago, the Andy Rubin were going to we're going to fix the Android third party UI problem by the fragmentation by, problem. Right. They were they were testing the waters with that. This is the result. Uh, what we know so far is that phones will be supported for 18 months after launch if the hardware allows. Okay, hold on. It's starting to sound like we're getting into gray areas already here. If and, the and, hardware and, allows, if quote unquote hardware allows, you will get updates for your Android phone up to 18 months, at least 18 months after it's released. Okay, there you go. That's, that's and, what we know so far. That's all we know. That's how they're solving this problem. So okay, so there's two ways to look. So there's, at a, well, big, there's, actually, there's a big disclaimer in there right away. The way that start I, asking the right questions. Yes. So one, what does hardware allows mean? And that that's a very reasonable thing. Hardware allows, like sure. I mean, w- w- after the iPhone 3G debacle with iOS 4, there is a very good reason to not update old hardware with right because it actually new makes OSs. in the case of the 3G, your phone actually got a lot less. It capable. made it unusable, yeah, basically. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and it's easier for them to certify and get updates out. If you're not creating versions for phones like without NFC and with NFC, and, and you know, if, if the new generation of phones have a standardized features, but right. that's, that's so forward so, thinking. So, so, so to me, that there's a there's a there's a best case scenario for this. Yes. And what that says to me is, if you buy a high end phone with new hardware, so if you buy a dual core, you know, one gigabyte of memory, current generation high end Android, what what the manufacturers call super phones, I still think that's lame. But if you buy if you're buying an Atrix. Or a uh, uh, LG Thunderbolt or Thunderbolt? Yeah. Thunder- HTC. HTC Thunderbolt, sorry. Or the LG uh, Optimus. Uh, one of the really high-end One of the high-end yeah. phones. You're going to get 18 months of support from the time uh, it launches going forward. Now, it's unclear whether this is phones that are already out or phones that are going forward. Uh, it's unclear how long it's going to take those updates to hit. So, I mean – you could see a Froyo, your Droid 2 update from, from Froyo to, uh, to uh, ice cream, but maybe not. Who knows? Uh, and, and it's unclear uh, uh, like what, where the hardware cutoff is going to be. So I think for the mid-range phones, like your, your kind of you know, your $49 and $99 on contract phones, I think probably those guys are not going to see the updates that's I think that's what the if hardware allows clause means. See, as someone who's used to buying a new phone every year anyway, the whole the, the idea of like, oh, how how long will my old and busted phone continue to get updates is less interesting to me than the question of when are they going to sort quickly. this out so that no matter what phone I have, you're not you you don't have a better operating system than me just because your phone is different. Like the the new the like we both have the phone yeah. is equally capable. It's not yeah. about if hardware allows, but for some reason your phone got the update and I still don't have it. Like that doesn't – that's annoying. What's annoying is that you, sometimes handset manufacturers create a new handset so they can sell a new version and the new version, it's not necessarily a hardware upgrade, but it's just a software upgrade. So you're talking about the Nexus S? No, no. I'm, I'm saying like if, if Samsung put out a new phone and said – Oh, hey, buy, Captivate 2. Yeah, buy, buy the Captivate 2 because it has uh, gingerbread right. and 
but that also means we're not to update the Captivate. One. We always That's pick bullshit. on Samsung for this, but everybody does it. I mean, let's be honest. If if the if the if the existing phone is completely capable of running the new update, but they're going to hold it because they'd rather sell you a new phone. Yes, that that's lame. That's that, that's a so, I mean, that's what this will hopefully prevent. Well, and and hopefully there'll be. I mean, their goal is to have a reasonable time frame for updates after the time that Google releases the update. So, I mean, I would I would say like <laughs> that, that is the biggest gray area, right? I mean, I, to me, like six weeks is the outside edge of that reasonable time frame. As a dude who uses these phones and wants to get updates quickly. Um, there's, it's unclear how they're going to do this. I mean, one of the things that I immediately thought is that they're going to have to make all those user customizations just normal Android apps that may get lower level access or whatever, but that are easy to install and remove. Unlikely. I don't think that's going to happen. That's what I would like to see happen. Um, I I don't I don't know how this is going to turn out. It could end up being a completely toothless thing. They didn't mention anything about how they're going to enforce it. Like, what's what's the penalty if HTC doesn't update the Thunderbolt? Uh, six weeks, uh, you know, in the time frame required. Right. Uh, are they going to not be able to, you know, they're not going to remove their ability to, to use Gmail and Maps and future versions of their phones. So, I mean, we, it seems like this is a set of guidelines more than hard and fast rules, but we'll see. I mean, I, I I'm, I think it's a, it is a tiny, 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 tiny step in the right direction. Tiny. All right. Moving on. Uh, Google Music, Google Movies, Google Music. That's Google the big Music. One. So uh, Google announced. I think everyone kind of anticipated this. Their music service, mu- mu- cloud music service. Oh my god, it's a locker service. It's a locker service, much like Amazon's uh, cloud player. Norm, what does a locker service do, Norm? It hosts your music. It, Why would you want to do that? I so I you don't can listen to it anywhere. Well, in the cloud? Anywhere you have an internet connection. That's, that's correct. That's interesting. Or in this case, it'll actually sync it locally. So you can pin your music from the cloud onto your local device. So like when you're in the subway trying to listen to music, you can still listen to music even if you don't have an internet connection. Offline play if yeah. you have Android devices. Yeah. So what? But for that to work, the, the, the music has to be stored on my device anyway. Well, right. So what's the point of having it in the cloud? Uh, well, then you can access it from anywhere. Like if you want to, but download if it's a already on my device, but, I no, can no, access but it anywhere. Maybe it's on your computer, but on your phone, yeah. you can download a playlist so you can play just that one playlist on this commute. Oh, when I you see. Hit the tunnel. So yeah. uh, I don't think any of us have access to the beta right now. No, uh, I've been trying to get it for the past twenty four hours, and Google sent me an email saying, "Hey, Motorola Zoom owner, you know you have access to the music beta. Sign in with your with your Google account. But my Google account is my um, work account. It's and an apps account. It's yeah." So I, you're boned. I'm boned. Yeah. Uh, so what what this does is basically you upload your music using a standalone client that runs on your PC or I assume Mac, but I don't think they showed a Mac client. Uh, and uh, from what people have said on the internet, I think Adam Pash said it took about a day to upload 1,200 tracks or something like that. Um, that is a long time because I have way more than 1,200 songs. Well, I mean that's the thing is it's going to take a month to upload if you're talking about normal home internet yeah. upload. I was really hopeful that Google would have some sort of cool hack like something where they recognize the, the tracks uh, Shazam it, style. Uh, but they have no store. I don't care. So where would they get those tracks from? I, I don't care. Okay. All Google right. has all the information. They're the brains from Futurama. Okay. Uh, um, so what's the – I mean compared to Amazon cloud service, the, the Amazon um, – Locker service, what's ca- capacity? Uh, capacity is 22,000 tracks during the beta. It's free during the beta. It's unclear how long the beta is going to last. Um, it's interesting they do tracks instead of space. Well, I think, I think tracks is a more reasonable 
way to, to no, ju- I, I to agree, this. I agree. Because yeah, like fifty more... gigabytes, a lot of people don't know what that really means. Yeah. Five thousand right. tracks, people understand that. Right, I right, mean, right. This is this is a lesson taken from Apple in marketing in the way people understand shit rather than. Well, also gives you a little more yeah. room, so stuff. when you when you rip, rip your albums, your download, you can get the you know the six K VBR or. I don't think they'll do flack. Yeah, I, I mean, from the from either. the very first iPod, remember they said one thousand songs in your pocket. That was right. they made it in a way that people understood it. Right. So, uh, Android clients, tablet clients, uh, desktop plays through a. I think I think it plays through the uploader app or through the uh, web interface. The big thing is offline play. Uh, they're making it really simple. They're adding Pandora style uh, playlist generation, so you can uh, you know hit hit the button if for. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I can't come up with a song name off the top of my head. Seven Nation Army, and it will get you a list of songs that are similar to the White Stripes and Seven Nation Army. How is this different from the Amazon service? Uh, so the Amazon service is a little thinner on the client side, is my is in my experience. Uh, the clients are like this is replacing the music app in Android. It seems like okay. so you'll still be able to play music that's local on the phone. But this also gives you a a more integrated music playback experience than the than the the Google the Amazon cloud. Is this does. an issue for people that have data caps on their phone? Uh, it could be depends on what your data caps are. I I stream a fair amount of music to my phone and I have yet to break two gigabytes. Mm. Uh, but but yeah, I mean if you're in the car a lot, if you're a truck driver, long haul truck driver, and you're using this to listen to music. You probably want to sync down the stuff you listen to most frequently, which is one of the interesting things that this does automatically. So uh, the playlist syncing happens across machines, which if, you know, if you've ever managed multiple iTunes collections, I, I mean I have iTunes at work. I have iTunes at home. I have iTunes on my laptop. Keeping all the, the, the new stuff that I buy – and keeping the playlist and stuff synced up between those computers is an absolute nightmare. Right. Well, and we, you know, we know that Apple is going to roll out its own cloud service for music pretty well, that's, soon. Also. I would assume we'll hear about that in a couple of weeks at WWDC. Yeah. yeah. Um, the 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 big thing about this is uh, the the syncing the the pinning to play offline. It also uh, recently played songs, whether regardless of of which player you're on, whether you're on your home or on your phone, whatever, are cached locally on the phone That's automatically, good. which is good. So that means if you download something and forget to pin it before you leave the office, so it'll still be on the phone, which is right. which is pretty nice. Right. Um, I, we haven't gotten to use it hands-on yet, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's... It seems interesting. It's, it's a little more compelling than the Amazon thing, but the, the nut that, they, that these guys have to crack is not having to upload this stuff over people's shitty home broadband. Now, this is great for managing your existing collection. Is Google also going to have some kind of store? Because the Amazon service, and presumably the iTunes service, one of the things I like about the Amazon thing is you can buy the song on Amazon for 69 cents or whatever, and you get a free upload into the cloud. Yeah, happens Uh, automatically. So is is Google going to have any kind of store retail? I don't know. We can buy music as well? No, I don't know. They didn't didn't announce anything on that front. Uh, It's It's... I think they're more. I think they're they're interested. I think what's going to end up happening is we're going to have three kind of hybrid services, right? iTunes, iTunes, Apple's going to do whatever Apple wants to do because they're Apple. But what's going to happen with Amazon is very much a sales oriented thing. There's a big benefit to buying. You know, this is this is a sales tool for Amazon because there's a big benefit to buying your music from Amazon now, right? Because it's automatically backed up for you and saved in the cloud player. Yeah. Um, the downside of that, of course, is that there's no iOS client and probably isn't likely to be one, although there is now a web interface for playing back cloud player stuff on your iPhone. Uh, the the Google thing is a pure locker, so I think they're not interested in selling music. I don't. I, I could be wrong. We could see a, a Google Music Store next year, but I think that they look at that market as not worth investing in. 
Uh, and then Apple is going to try to keep people from switching to anything else from uh, right. and keep using well, iTunes. We'll see what their plans are yeah. soon. Yeah. Um, the Google Movies thing is also interesting. This is a movie rental service. So this is – there's no cloud storage of movies or anything like that. This is just a way to rent movies on uh, Android devices and PCs. But and it's different from YouTube. Different from – well, it's unclear. Like it seems like the movie selection is going to – kind of the same. Because they just announced before I.O. a huge influx of uh, movies movie for, the U- for the YouTube rentals. Yeah. So I assume it's like the same deal, part of the same I, I would assume this is too. part of the same rights deal, yeah. Uh, the front ends are the same, are different, but the pricing is the same. Uh, basically, this is going to add a movies tab to Android Market, mm-hmm. where you can go and rent first run and catalog movies for between two and five dollars uh, for playback on Android phones, Android tablets, and PCs. The interesting thing here, and this is something that people kind of don't expose very, but people don't talk about very much. But on the iTunes side of this, which is the one of the other big rental platforms, there's a wildly varying selection of what's available for rent. On PCs and Macs and on Apple TV and iPads and iPods. Uh, so uh, if you want to rent – like there's very little selection on rentals on uh, on iTunes. If you're just renting a movie to watch on your PC or Mac, pretty much nothing there. It's real, real thin. If you do the same thing on Apple TV or an iPhone or an iPad or an iPod Touch, there's a fairly significant – like there's a big selection. It's the same more or less as Amazon uh, and, and everyone else. Uh, it seems like Google TV is a little bit less selection than Amazon and and Apple TV, but has significantly more than is available for iTunes currently on the Mac or PC. So the thing is, the the, the movie rental services for me are only really have value if I can watch them on my big screen. Well, th- I mean, that's what's clearly this is going to be a big part of the next update to Google TV. It's great to have Netflix on my phone. It's great to be able to download, you know, an iTunes movie on my iPad or whatever. But I don't really want to watch movies that way. If I'm going to pay money to watch a movie, I want to watch it on my TV screen. Well, the only time I watch movies that way is if I'm spectacularly lazy or sick and laying in bed. Or if I'm on or, an airplane on a plane, or a long yeah. car trip or something like that. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of interesting. I don't – it's not going to change the world, but it adds a needed feature to Android because right now there wasn't really a good way to rent movies on So this would be – this would be rolled into Google TV as well, presumably. This I would assume will come on Google Because that's TV actually well. something that would make Google TV better. A little more compelling. Like a, a, you know, its own inbuilt I mean although store. you can rent movies on Amazon with Google TV now, it just played them through the web browser or the last time I tried it out. Right. Uh, the interesting thing on this is that you can also rent these movies to play offline, so it's not a streaming-only service. If you're connected to the internet, it will stream, but if you're uh, not connected, then it, it uh, you can pin them just like you can with music in the Google Music Store. Well, yeah, I mean that's how rentals, um, device-based rentals work, right? If I if I that's how iTunes works now. Yeah, uh, I, but it's not da- how you Apple download TV. a movie and and it wipes itself after 48 hours or whatever. Uh, yeah, so the terms are 30 days to start watching. Once you press play, you have 24 hours to complete the movie. Right. Uh, just like everything from the original DivX discs, although I think they were. Oh, I remember hours. DivX. Oh, oh yeah, those are the shocking. Yeah, you know, we never talked about this on the podcast, but why do you think people are okay with that kind of term? Is it just think, the physical thing? Okay. I think depending on the price, I actually think people. I, I I think the studios would have less to lose if they uh, let people keep it longer, like thirty six hours after play or after play after purchase after play. Because yeah, I would like that. Like forty eight hours would forty eight hours. Be that, that like it's even thirty six. Even because most of the time, I think people are gonna like they're gonna watch it within that that time frame anyway, and they're probably not gonna go back to it most likely ever again. But having that nagging feeling of like oh, it's very ephemeral. It's gonna be gone in twenty four hours. That 
is a, a yeah. Like well, my girlfriend and I just went on a on a trip. And we were gone for a few days, mm-hmm. and it would be nice, for example, to be able to rent a movie, watch watch it on the way out. Maybe not yeah. finish it, but a couple of days later, be able to finish the movie on the flight home, but right. not without having to worry about it expiring. Twenty four hours is actually right. a really and it's not like period. you're ripping them off because it's not like you're going to watch the movie ten times over the next two months where they would be losing like $15 worth of revenue. It's like there's a certain amount of anxiety attached with pressing that play button, knowing that you started a clock ticking, like, am I going to be able to get this finished? What if I have to pick it up later? Well, and when you're talking, like I rented that uh, 13 13 Assassins thing this weekend, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. But Gina fell asleep in the last like 20 minutes of it because we started watching. I know. I know. Last 20, what? My wife falls asleep in movies, Norm. It happens. But limbs were falling off. I know. And, and there was a lot of tr- and, and death town. Yes. Death town. I know. It's but a good there movie. are some people, it doesn't matter how awesome the movie is, people would some right. people just fall asleep. At ten thirty, you fall asleep. That so, never happens to me, but some I'm I don't get sleepy like some people do. I don't get sleepy in movies, but but some people do. And so traditionally Gina would have come back to it the next day and watched the last twenty or thirty minutes again and been happy. Yeah. Unfortunately, we went out the next day and See? she came back on Sunday and, and was they, like, oh, F beans. Another right. five bucks? Yeah, no, ten bucks. Well, ten bucks? Yeah, yeah. so we, she's not going to see the end of the movie until it comes out on Blu-ray, and I, yeah. I want to watch it again. Yeah. Um, I think somebody in the comments said 36 hours. I think 48 hours is great. 48 hours is I would totally I, I settle I would like. for 36. I mean, is it really costing him anything, that extra day? You've already paid for it, like one extra day. Well, it's, it's the, I think it's the terms of those deals are situated – uh, and and that's what well, they can get I, in the terms of those deals that's are the standard. They're based off the old rental model where you go into Blockbuster. Yeah, or, but Blockbuster gave you five days to return a movie. Well, eventually, no, five days for the old stuff. For the new stuff, it was still one night or three nights or three nights. Yeah, the, the, yeah there you go. The other thing that's interesting is if you remember the Divex discs that everybody rebelled against were forty eight hours once you started pressing once you press play. I think the complaint everybody had with those was was uh, that they were kind of wasteful, right? You buy yeah, the disposable disc and then you discs. throw it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's see. Google Movies, Google at Home, and some other APIs to let – this is something I've talked about a lot on the podcast, I think. I'm just going to skim over this. They introduced a series of APIs that will let your uh, phone or tablet control and communicate with devices in the environment around it. This is something I'm very excited about. Rather than having to go up to the internet and come back down – I feel like your phone should be able to talk to light switches and TVs and other types of devices in your home. Now, how do they how do they toasters, do that? Whatever, uh, unclear. Just APIs <laughs> to enter to probably over Wi-Fi would be my guess. Yeah, but, but presumably you you need to put some kind of Wi-Fi adapter on your fridge if you want your phone to talk to your fridge. Well, something's going to happen by magic. I think the eventual outcome is that over the next twenty years, these things will filter out into all devices. But didn't we say a while ago though that we were very cynical about the idea of smart fridges and stuff? Like, who really gives a shit? Uh, I, I'm cynical about the idea of smart fridges, but like, there's a whole world of stuff that I would love to have more interactivity with. So. For you keep looking down at my iPhone. Like, is it, so is, is it like it. if I'm sitting on the because I'm thinking if I'm sitting on the couch? Okay, I think this can for is, a minute. Is there. this of something? Well, that too. Okay, is this of so, let's let's okay let's say that let's let's say I'm sitting on the toilet. Number one or number? Oh, never oh, mind. Uh, never couch, mind. Never mind. Couch. couch. No couch. Let's, couch, let's, couch, let's couch, go back to the couch because yeah. that's a whole can of worms. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's go. Ba- let's go back to the to the to the. Couch. Norm shakes his head. I'm sitting disgust. on the couch and I'm thinking I could go for an ice cream sandwich right now. Okay, but I don't want to have. But I don't want to have to see how see how I linked it back. I know. Yep. I don't want to have to get up and go to the fridge to see if I have because maybe I don't know if I've got any left. Maybe, maybe Leah ate the last ice cream maybe, sandwich last night, which is a distinct possibility. Okay. Um, or maybe you ate the last ice cream sandwich and you forgot it. I'm helping you dig out. This also, hole also here. a distinct possibility. Okay. Um. So is it of value to me to be able to go on my phone 
and just see the inventory in my no, fridge. This is not what we're talking about. This is not what we're talking about. No, this is that, you're talking about LG's home of the future. Which, yeah, that's what I thought. Imagine, we were imagine a world. Imagine, imagine, imagine a, a world, world where your fridge that takes guy. over your life. So. Uh, yeah, Kyle, so what, so what Kyle the, McLaughlin from LG, as so, I recall. And so this is more like just dimming the lights from my phone because that sounds kind of eighties to me. This is this is you walk into the house and the coffee maker turns on. Oh fuck me! It that pours that, a this coke. This fair nineteen fifty eight type shit. The curtains dim when you turn on a movie. Do you remember? Do you remember Electric Dreams? That movie where he hooked it, he bought the computer no. and hooked it up to control everything in his house. No, you don't remember that movie? Never saw that. Oh my god! Uh, 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 Don't look at Norm. Phil Oakey and Giorgio Moroder made that great that great song together in Electric Dreams. Sounds fantastic. You, how do you not know this? I was born in 1975. I was born in 1972, and I remember that movie. Oh wow! Oh my god! Okay. You're going to get a lot of comments going. Will, how do you not know uh, well, that classic? Go, if it's movie, on Netflix, I'll go classic get it. song. So. Um, I, I like. I'm moderately interested, but not as much about the lights turning on and stuff like that. But as the uh, the opportunity to add interactivity. So one of the things that they have is they have APIs that let you control Arduino boards uh, through Android, which is super nerdy. But basically, you know, the Arduino boards are the things that let you uh, hook up a computer and com- control things in the real world with a relatively simple scripting language. Give me, uh, give me a real world example of something that I could add where I'll go. I, I can see the benefit of that. MakerBot. MakerBot uses Arduino, so you could control your MakerBot with uh, Android phone. Too geeky. Give me something more real life. Uh, your kid gets one of those weird animatronic stuffed animals from Target. You hook your phone up to that, and it says, "Oh, hey, your kid's playing with the with the animatronic stuffed animal now. Would you like to uh, Would you like to interact with your kid? My would you Would you like Would you like to patch directly into the voice circuits and have it start yeah. th- saying things like, <laughs> like in- "I'm going to kill you, Jimmy"? This is why you don't have kids. Freak your kid out. Yeah, <laughs> you can have like a touch on your phone how far you can spin the head around. Yeah, three sixty all the way around. Yeah, yeah. Start, 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 instead of spew vomit on kid, instead of in, instead of boy, I'm glad you don't have kids. Instead of Teddy Ruxpin just playing a fucking tape that's wedged into his I'm back, eat your hair, right? Okay, that was dark, but uh, yeah, you 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 then can play with the kid through there. Or what about those crazy uh, rollerball things that we saw at CES? The remote control ball. What if you control that with your Android phone and, and like it pings you when the dog starts playing with the ball, so you can drive the ball around the house and toy with uh, with Huey? I feel like I feel like this is this is a technology searching for an application. This is the future, man. Everything's going to be smart. No, nothing you've mentioned yet sounds like like a I'm not co- like of a anything that's to do with like core living your life stuff. It's just like silly novelty gimmick stuff. Uh, what if you have a body? What if you have a uh, 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 one of those in, uh, built-in pacemakers, and it it can talk to your Android phone, and and like if you want to overclock your heart, you can just crank up the the heart rate. Now, could I use that to hack into other people's pacemakers? Because that could be a hoot. Why? <laughs> I'm feeling really weak all of a sudden, man. I don't know what's going. on. That's a bad idea. I, I don't More, know what the good idea that sounds like. It would, that, that sounds like that, that would be a whole new realm of, of assassinations. Android assassins. <laughs> all, all you really, with their cell phones. All you, really, all you really have to do to, to do damage to people with a pacemaker is, is magnets. Uh, throw, throw, some, throw some magnets. You fire up the microwave oven. You that. have to kill the president of Russia. There's an app for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I don't know what the good – I think that there's I, – I am – Convinced that there is cool application for this technology. I'm not. You guys tell us what you think the cool application for the technology is. I think it's Robo Teddy Ruxpin that doesn't suck. I'm going to go buy the rights to Teddy Ruxpin right now. I bet you can get that for a song. Uh, okay, other stuff out of Google uh, I.O. Day one. Yeah, this is all. We're done with day one. We just finished day one. Okay. 
Day two, welcome to the Chrome OS land. Oh, now it's getting interesting. No, 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 you're not done with day one because also Android Market. It's getting a revamp. Oh, fuck. I forgot about that. Android Market okay. now has... Back editor, to day one. Editor's Step choices. away from day two. This is the thing you complain about the most about the Android Marketplace. Yeah, so they, it looks like they have, they're attaching humans to it, which is cool because they have editor's picks now, uh, both for apps and application developers. They're providing a lot more ways to expose the high-quality content on Android Market to the users. Uh, they're making the API thing that we already talked about so that you can have multiple versions of the app for the different phones for the same uh, with the same entry in the store. They're doing a lot to make it easier to report stuff to uh, Android app developers, which is always good. Those guys like that kind of stuff. They get metrics and like they find out where people are linking their apps and all that kind of stuff. Uh, what was the what was the, that's pretty much it. Yeah, let's move on to day two. Yeah, but that's uh, good though, right? Because people have been saying for a while that the Android market needs to be cleaned curated. up and better organized. Yep. There needs to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's too many ways to game well, those okay. automated systems. When I say systems. curated, doesn't need to be walled, but there needs to be a better way to search. Needs to be better, and there needs to be a better way to sh- to highlight the actual good stuff. Well, yeah. The fu- the fundamental problem is that the reward for gaming that system is so substantial because there's such a large number of people out there. Even if you sell a 99 cent app or even an ad driven app, you can make a fair amount of revenue by getting your app to the top of the list, and it's relatively easy to do that by doing horrible things to bad apps, right? So the the Bad stuff was filtering to the top, not the good stuff. And there seems like they they realize that that is a problem and are working. Yeah, the like iTunes that. app store is kind of like walking around a nice shiny shopping mall, and the Android yeah. app market is more like walking around a kind of a seedy Moroccan bazaar where you might find yourself that accidentally was buying a, a haunted monkey's paw or something. Yes, you have four wishes. Yes, day two, Chrome, Chrome OS. Yeah, Chrome. we hadn't heard it about Chrome this in a books. while. So uh, I have a CR48, been using it for a while. This is the Chrome OS laptop, the seed program. They sent out like 60,000 of them to people. And it's fine, but it's a little slow. However, they have been constantly updating it and fixing it. So like it started out with some weird trackpad problems. They fixed that. It started out with some uh, performance problems with Flash. They fixed fixed that as much as I think they're they're capable of with the hardware in that machine. But – well, first off, do you want to run down the numbers on the Chrome stuff, Norm? Uh, they talked about how many installs oh, they had. Chrome installs 140 million. Yeah, it's Basically a lot of people using it. Double from last year. Yeah, just the, 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 just the browser. Just the browser. one year ago. Yeah, and, and they talk about the, you know, the updates <laughs> since last year. They're on six week update cycle. Now they're on Chrome 11. <laughs> I believe 12 beta is out. Um, and yeah. it, it's working out for them. It's funny. I I restarted Chrome yesterday because I was talking to Mike Horn. Mike said, uh, "Hey, what version of Chrome are you running?" Because I was reporting a bug. I was like, "I think I'm running 11 beta." He's like, "They updated that. That that they they switched that to 12 beta." Like three weeks ago. Two That's and a weird because I restarted my Chrome and it says 11. It's up to date. Well, but you're using the main channel. I'm using the beta channel. Uh, well, you in like the Canary? Uh... No, no, no. That's Firefox is Canary. No, Google is Canary. No, Chromium Chrome, is Canary. Chrome. Chrome is Canary. There's three main branches If you want to be Chrome. on the super experimental cutting edge. I don't want to be on that one. Okay. I've done that for a while. It's a bad idea. That's right. dev. Right. If you want to be on the intermediate one, that's beta and it's usually pretty oh, solid. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so I'm on the mama bear, not the baby bear. All right. I guess I'm on the baby bear, not the papa bear. The mama. Is Chrome your default browser? Yeah, I use it all the time. I, me too. Yeah, I, I like I it. I like it a lot. I, just because of the browser syncing really more than anything. Uh, Chrome is not my default browser. What's yours? Norm's a contrarian. I, I use both Firefox and Chrome. I use Chrome for email and Twitter and uh, my two email clients or two email services and Twitter because it, it has – I love that when tabs crash, the entire browser doesn't crash, so it's the most stable. But there are things about Chrome, like the downloads manager is terrible. 
and the gestures still aren't as good as Firefox. The gestures are definitely not as good as Firefox. The downloads manager, I don't really mind that much. But the, the thing the thing that kills me about Firefox 4 especially is that if you leave that running for three days, it's going to be like two gigs of memory I, used. I, I, had to restart, I had to force crash Firefox and restart it every night because it takes up two Maybe gigs. Maybe it's a lot better nowadays, but part of the reason I switched from Firefox is just that it was just crashing all the fucking yeah, time. It crashes a lot. The other thing that annoys me about Firefox that Chrome doesn't do is the updating of apps, of extensions. Every time you launch Firefox, it says, hey, would you, we're checking your extensions no, for compatibility. One, would you like to check through updates? And two, yeah. would you like to install updates? Um, the the best thing I think about Chrome is how sandbox its stuff. Uh, it's uh, tabs. Plug, uh, well, not just the tabs, but everything. Um, and I actually use Chrome as my default PDF viewer now. Really? Because I hate uh, Acrobat. Chrome or Google Docs with Chrome? No, I use Chrome. I drag oh, PDFs into Chrome because it loads so much quicker and it's stable. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, I like Chrome a lot. I think it's a good browser. Uh, so stuff they announced, they have a whole bunch of HTML5 demos. They've been releasing those all year. The WebGL stuff is really hitting stride. Uh, I don't know if you saw the countdown timer to the start of Google I.O., but it's on that Chrome Experiments page. You should ch- totally check it out because it was yeah. pretty cool. And you can see that Google has been quite uh, aggressively marketing Chrome. They've got a whole TV campaign running right now. Yeah, I mean, it's – well, I don't know how aggressively you need to market your browser if everybody in the world goes to your homepage to search for stuff. But okay. Uh, big things that came out of that is uh, the, they feel like they've beaten the JavaScript performance problems. Like they feel Google feels like they are beyond that being a problem and are now shifting focus on performance because their thing has always been Chrome is really fast, right? That's which, been the, which it is the selling point for Chrome. Uh, they're switching to graphics rendering performance now. So uh, the 3D accelerated version of Chrome uh, is was Chrome 10, I think. Right? That's when they added that. Maybe it was Chrome. I, I can't remember, but. Uh, they feel like that is the next the next wave, and that's the thing that will improve stability and performance even more. So, uh, the the good and and that's across the whole industry with IE nine, Firefox four, uh, latest version of Safari, and and Chrome six on. They feel like they've been nailing JavaScript. I could not be less excited about graphics in browsers, and especially when what they brought to demo that Angry Birds. Okay, well, let's please let's. Uh, not. We're not going to talk about Angry let's Birds. Not. I, does yeah. it does it make sense for Google to develop a uh, a, a version of Chrome for uh, tablets and phones? I, I would love to see a version of Chrome for for tablets and phones. I think that the tablet hardware isn't there yet. Mm. I think that the ARM cores aren't fast enough, and and right. there's other reasons to not do that right now. Right, but, but it you, seems like you know if you talk to someone like Norman, there's a lot of appetite for a Safari alternative on on iPhone. I I couldn't. Yeah, I mean, iPhone and I mean, the default browsers are okay all around. I don't have a problem with them. I, I, I don't ask a lot of them, but, you know, someone like Norman wants to do all kinds of crazy shit. He, he you mean like post the, comments on websites? Yeah, and, he likes to yeah. go to those third, third party incognito uh, modes. Right. Yeah. Right. Norm can't 4chan on his iPad because there's no incognito mode. Right. Uh, other stuff. Uh, uh, they feel oh, this is, this is a, something. I mean, I came out of this Chrome briefing feeling like Google, Google, Pretty clearly feels like they're leading the the browser market. Do you do you guys agree or disagree? Well, they're certainly not leading it in terms of market share. No, no, no. But I mean, in performance and features, it's. I mean, who, once you really get under the hood, who knows? It's. I, I think it's the the cleanest, nicest browser to use. Norm, what was the question? Were you reading your iPad again? No, I'm just answered. He already said there's some things he doesn't like Chrome. He but I mean, do you feel like they're pushing things. the whole market? I mean, I, I think that Google got into launch Chrome specifically to push the browser market at a faster pace than it was moving on its own. No, I, I think that was part of the reason. 
And I think they've succeeded in that. I mean, they had the big chart about HTML5 standards. Yeah. Everybody supports HTML5 yeah. now. That's the, that's the big take. No, I, I guess. I, yeah. It's Chrome, Google releasing Chrome is undoubtedly a good thing. It could, could be better. And their commitment to like having bare bones aesthetic is, uh, both plus and minus. Um, there's there's much room for improvement. I, I don't know how long they can keep this six week upgrade cycle with the versions. Like two years from now we're gonna be in Chrome what like thirty five? Forty, fifty, and that's gonna be crazy. But I mean part of the thing that's nice about Chrome is you don't have to know what version you're running because it just yeah, updates. It's happening by in the you don't have to know, but you know, it's still something that people advertise. I suppose. It's something that we keep track of. I mean, maybe they're pushing toward us toward a an era where we don't care about up, like version numbers. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I don't. don't I, I as long as my browser continues to work, I don't care about version numbers. I just want to have well, whatever no, no, no. latest. As long as your browser continues to work and gets better, well, right? Because there has there have been trends of version numbers, you know, getting progressively worse. Well, that that apps. is feature creep and and bloat. But I mean, the the focus on speed, I think, will help them prevent that from happening. But I, I don't know for sure. Uh, other interesting things that happened: Google Gears, which was Google's first attempt at having offline websites work offline. Uh, it was supported by Gmail and Google Calendar and Google Docs and some other sites. They're deprecating that. They feel like the HTML5 stuff that allows uh, you to run websites offline is sufficient at this point. Uh, so they're moving all of their – I mean they've already moved all of their sites. But there's no more Google Gears in Chrome uh, 12. Okay. So that's uh, kind of interesting. Uh, and then, of course, the Chrome Web, web Store, they talked a lot about that and Angry Birds and some other stuff. I mean do you – like I had a, t- a bunch of conversations with people about this yesterday. I don't. Do you feel like like web stores for browsers make sense and are a good idea? Well, you said something along the lines of that you had a problem with the idea of paying for web apps. I just have a. I. Th- it's not real. Necess- I'm okay with paying for stuff if it's good. Like everybody, we've talked about that. I like paying for stuff if it's if it adds value to my life. Um, I just feel like there's 15 years of inertia for most people that says, "Hey, stuff inside web browsers shouldn't cost money." Right. Yeah, I think it's a, there's a psychological issue there. Yes. Uh, I think Web Store, they can't not do it because if they're going to push Chrome as an OS platform, Chrome OS, then they have to do it. Well, you have to have a deeper interaction. I don't think I'm on my desktop, on my Windows PC, I'm not going to be using the Chrome Web Store. You know, as, as HTML right. and, and uh, Java and web stuff gets more and more robust and the web apps start to look more like fully featured App apps. apps, then I think that'll help get over like that. If you could buy a web app version of Photoshop, would you do that? Um, it would depend on how good it is. Is it $600? God, I hope not. Right. The thing is, Google needs people to get over that if they're going to get people on board with the whole Chrome OS thing. Right. Where, I mean, they, do, where they do want all the apps to live online. So this is, this is, a, this is a nice segue, actually. Uh, how strange of you to point that out. I know. It's not at all something I do every week. Uh, the big announcement out of this second-day keynote was, of course, the Chromebooks, which are uh, dual-core Atom... Netbooks essentially running Chrome OS, just like the CR48. Yeah, so we'd seen the CR48, but now they're rolling out the actual ones that their hardware partners Products. are building. Yeah, yeah it's something you can buy. Right. Uh, so uh, the Samsung, Samsung and Acer are the initial partners. Uh, this is going to run. I think they're going to launch with Chrome 11, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the selling points are eight second boot, uh, so always on, basically instant right. on. Right. A uh, ten hour battery life, so all day battery. Uh, lots of connectivity options, so 3G and Wi-Fi. Yeah. Uh, no, no having to fool with security or antivirus or stuff like that because it just updates in the background automatically, and all that stuff is taken care of for yeah. you. Yeah. And I mean, they're cheap. 
So their netbook price starting – I think the Acer model started at like 350 bucks, and the high-end Samsung was 550 or something like that. Right. So uh, – and the, the pricing seems to be based on screen size and uh, not much else. There's not – there's not a – like you don't have – there's no hard drive. There's very little to break in these machines. You're basically buying like four gigs of memory, a dual-core Atom CPU – and uh, you know Google's special version of Linux. So the qu- the big question at the time when we first saw Chrome OS and the CR48, and the and the question which is now going to be put to the test as these products are made available for purchase is, are people psychologically ready to make this leap where they live in the cloud and everything is and, stored and you know offline? What? Their big ad for the Chrome OS and the Chrome Chromebooks, yeah, it ends with it's it's ready when you are. Right. I mean, they're right. making it a challenge. The thing is, like. This is this fits into an interesting spot where I've always put netbooks, right? There's some so there's a market between people who want a real laptop that you can run real applications and stuff on and people who want a tablet that's primarily for consuming. I mean, I know that nobody likes to say that, but unless you're using music programs or drawing, I'm never ever going to write a, a, a article. No kids are going to write reports on an iPad. It's a disaster. You, you, it just doesn't work very well. Well, hold on. And and, and I'm not of, just defending iPad. I'm okay. defending tablets as, as as a rule. You plug a keyboard into a into an iPad and it's run pages. It's not a good experience. I, no, it's a. I, I do it all the time. I work. I take it on the road <sighs> with me. I I will. See. You just you just need a real keyboard play either the keyboard dock or a real Bluetooth keyboard plugged into it. Pages is a really good app on iPad. I I just don't. Pages think- is good enough. But I still maintain, and maybe this is less so now than when iPad first launched. But when iPad first came out, a lot of reviewers saying, and I think uh, what's the name, Andy Anako from um, Chicago, right, Chicago, saying, you know, this is the most stable computer you'll ever use. What a complete crock of bullshit! The, the ta- like my phone apps just shut down. Apps all the time. just shut down. Yeah, all without the warning. Time. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't all ever get that. Mine do all the time. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sometimes, iPad, sometimes, iOS is sometimes like the right least, at startup, least stable. OS I've used like it, if, it does if, crash. If you compare it to you know, not even Mac OS, which is incredibly stable, like apps never crash in Mac OS. But Windows, where apps occasionally crash, I'd say apps on the iPhone and iPad crash at least. It depends three to four on the app. Much. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I hardly ever have, I have games crash sometimes, but like core apps hardly. No, ever that's crash what I'm saying. Like me. Pages and like the like the core Apple apps. Yeah, don't generally tend, tend it, to it's, crash. It's it's a memory thing, I think. Maybe I I don't know. Um, so like. I think that this slots in somewhere between the tablet because, I mean, a tablet – like if I didn't have a laptop that work issued or that I had already bought, it would be hard for me to buy a tablet instead of buying a laptop. I feel like a laptop is a much more useful thing. Right. Uh, a tablet, on the other hand, like I don't, I don't like sitting on the couch using a, a laptop uh, when I'm watching TV or when I want to read something on the web or whatever and I'm not going to be interacting with it. Uh, on the where I'll load up Instapaper and read all sorts of articles from all over the web, all the stuff that I don't get to. That's read what your tablet day, is for. That's what I use the tablet for. I use it for reading books, doing that, and updating Twitter. But occasionally you come across something where you race. do want to interact, where you see something you might want to post a comment or whatever. Then you got to bring up the software keyboard and on a tablet, it is kind of a pain. I still do it, but like the thing I found over the last year and a half year of having an iPad is that basically if i'm going to write an email or something that's longer than two or three paragraphs i'm mm-hmm. going to go get go sit in front of a keyboard someplace right. if i'm just sitting down to to jam out a one one or two sentence reply or even a medium length reply to something i'll do it on the on the ipad that's why twitter that's why i like using twitter on the ipad that's why the ipad is my preferred twitter because 140 client. characters on a soft keyboard that's not that no big problem deal. i can do that one handed yeah. no big deal yeah um the these things fall into a place that i think a lot of students are going to really like I mean, I, I think the 
because uh, because the other thing about having a laptop is if the laptop's not your primary computer, keeping it up to date and running and all the stuff that you need on it to do the work that you need to do is kind of a maintenance hassle. I mean, Dropbox and stuff like that makes it easier. But if you don't use your laptop all the time, a the battery's not going to last as long. I mean, because you need to you need to charge and discharge those fairly regularly. Um, and B, you're not going to have your stuff on there when you need to use it. So if you don't like if you don't use your laptop as your primary computer when you go on a trip, you have to fire it up, spend a little bit of time getting the documents you need, the the resources you need on there, running all the updates, all, all that stuff, and it's a pain in the ass. I think if you're not a primary laptop user, this is a really interesting device. Well, maybe what they maybe what they need to do is something similar to what you talked about with that Google Music service, where your most frequented documents are, 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 are in fact stored locally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, so you I, can so even if you can't get a, a signal or whatever, you can work on it a bit, and it'll upload to the cloud next time you do make a connection. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly that's exactly it. This has always been my knock against netbooks: is that they're great as accessories for a real PC. As a mobile version, a mobile mobile add-on to a desktop PC, but without all the sync architecture infrastructure around it, then it's just another big pain in the ass. I really feel like manage. the netbook has had its day. Well, this is a netbook. A Chromebook is a netbook. No, I don't believe that's true. It's the same CPU, same size screen, same type of keyboard. I mean, it's, it's yes, a- but here's where the difference lies. Okay, and this is why this is why I think that the Chromebooks will ultimately have the advantage over netbooks, and why I think netbooks now are increasingly just going to get squeezed out. Between the triumvirate of regu- regular laptops, yeah. fully powered laptops, tablets, and Chromebooks, in the middle of all that, I think netbooks are going to get wiped out. Oh, I, I, I agree because netbook. You say a Chromebook is the same as a netbook. The advantage that a Chromebook has is it's running an OS, which is so lean and mean, and there's so little to it that it can actually run very well. Whereas you put you look at Windows Seven. Full full featured Windows Seven on a netbook, it's it's just shit. Well, Windows Seven runs runs reasonably well on netbooks. Uh, it's not it's not a good experience, but it's okay uh, for most people. And frankly, the screens they 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 brought the screen down on some of those netbooks to such a small degree that on it's really hard to well, make. That's to, that's to use. the other side of it. I'm really interested to see how this thing performs with the dual core Atom. Uh, we, I've been talking to Samsung; they're going to send us one. As soon as they have review samples, I the, think. The big question for me is still this original one of are people ready to live and work this way? I, I think – I mean if you look at the way I work, which is the thing that I know best, uh, I use Google Docs as my primary word processor now. Like, it's unusual. The, the first time I fired up Word in a few months was when I was on the airplane the other day and wanted mm-hmm. to write something. Mm-hmm. I, I think that uh, if you are a light information worker or a student, I think students are where this is going to be really awesome. If you're a student whose primary stuff is writing word, writing papers and an occasional spreadsheet, you don't do video editing, you don't do picture editing, you don't do uh, audio editing, I think this is a great buy and something that will be awesome to take notes in class with. I agree, but I think we're, we all have not pointed out how ugly these books are and how big they are for the functionality they have. I think they do to, seem kind of bulky considering there's not a lot in there. In the MacBook Air form factor. I mean, that, that's, yeah. that's the one thing that... Like, show, show me one of these things that's as slim as sexy as a MacBook Air and, and I'll, I'll be yes. all over it. For like and half the price? Perfect. Exactly, exactly. Right? Uh, you know, I'm a, $600. I'll pay 600 bucks for a Chromebook with the MacBook Air form factor, that is the perfect case. Yes, because as you, uh, you know, you, when you were talking about how you'd rather have a tablet on your on your lap when you're sitting on a sofa, right? I, that's still true for me as well. But I will also just as frequently use the MacBook Air because it's just as thin and light, and I can actually it's type more, and yeah, do stuff. Functional. If the reason why I don't want a laptop anymore is because they are they feel like a suitcase to me now, next to a, an Air or an iPad. 
If these Chrome, I don't understand why they aren't thinner. Why do they look like regular laptops when there's when there's so much less? Well, in I them? mean, it's a price thing. I mean, when you're the the air is made of solid aluminum, right? I mean, so that that is not an inexpensive material in the quantities that they use. So it's cheaper to do a plastic frame. And when you're talking about a three hundred dollar, when the goal on these is to get the price down, not to get the the aesthetics up, I think. So I'd I, like to I mean, see I'd like to see a bit more of a happy medium though because the, these lo- these really look like 1990s laptops. The thing to me is if you put a if you put a uh, if you get, once you get sub three pound, I'm much more weight oriented than looks oriented. See, sub three pound is the key, and I don't know what the weight is on these on these uh, Chromebooks. But. I think Google's been doing a good good job of trying to lay the groundwork for this, like preparing people psychologically, like getting people using Google Docs and getting people more used to cloud. Well, they clearly have a twenty living. year plan. Yeah. You know. And it's like, and now here's the machine that lets that you do it all that way. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think I could make the leap. Somebody tweeted something earlier this week that I retweeted. I thought was was a good point. Somebody said, if you want to try it, you know, maximize your web browser. Yeah. And never leave it for a week. Yeah. And see how you feel. Yeah. And and try working that way. That's the Chrome OS experience. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I, I'm I'm kind of actually going to probably try that. I think that's an interesting test. Yeah. Uh, the the. Uh, but if you're using the CR48, you're already doing that. I don't use the CR48 very much because it's too slow. Mm. I mean, that's the other thing is if these things don't web browse at a, at a speed that I'm comfortable with, I'm not going to use them. This is what I don't get. I understand why, you know, the, the, the problem has been typically with these tablet devices and other things where they don't have a, a, a dedicated OS. Right. And the netbooks, again, the performance is generally pretty slow because these are fully featured OSs running on uh, machines with very uh, weak hardware. Right. Um, if the Chrome OS is so bare bones, because I mean, what does it really need to do? It's really just a just a, an elaborate web browser. Well, you say that, but web browsing Why? is really complex. Yeah, but these machines should be screaming, don't you think? I mean, it's so much less than like Windows Seven or Mac OS X. It's 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 a very complex issue, and these processors are very slow. Yeah, by you know compared to a ULV, compared to the ULV core processor in a MacBook Air, it's a significantly less capable processor. What do you if you decided to be an early adopter on this and jump and say, right, I'm going to lead the way. I'm going to be a Chrome OS guy now and buying one of these books. Yeah. What would you be missing out on? I'm trying to think what are the offline things that you might that you might want to do that yeah, you just can't do anymore. It's Photoshop fo- photo, photo editing, even light photo editing. Although they did say that with the new versions of Chrome OS, I haven't I haven't plugged a camera into the into the Chromebook into the CR48 lately. Uh, but apparently it will give you the option to upload photos straight to Picasa Web now, which is a really big enhancement because you couldn't do that before. Um, and that does let you edit photos. And that does online. let you edit kind of light editing, like cropping and slight color adjustment and stuff like that. Well, but I mean I think anyone that is that, that is doing serious work like video editing or photo editing, any kind of multimedia work, they, it's just obvious they're not – this is not ready for that yet. Well, but but I mean, there's a there's a big gap between doing serious photo editing and video editing, which is like like Vinny and Anna do serious video editing, right? Yes, and do no video editing or to a much greater extent, no photo editing at all. Like I don't do a lot of photo editing, but there are times that I really explicitly need to crop a photo and resize it. And if I can't do that on this, then it's a very low value to me. See, I, one of the reasons why I liked the 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 tablets and I've enjoyed my iPad so much is that, and I enjoy my MacBook Air as well, even though it's not very powerful is that I really don't need it to do very much. Right. I, I think like the majority of people don't care about doing heavy multimedia lifting work, like photo editing or video editing. I just want to browse the web, get my email, write uh, text documents, right. Twitter, Facebook, just basic things like that. Well, that's and the game. Pro- I, I think I could live in that ecosystem because that's I, all those things are, 
all the you know all, all the things that Chrome OS would do very well. Well, that's the gamble that that uh, Google's taking, and I, I I mean I I I'm really excited about it. I think this is the most exciting new products since tablets. Um, I think you could be right, even I though it's I, not a new product. I mean, it is a netbook. Just to be clear, I think in terms of like changing the way people think about what their computing life is, I think it has the same potential to have a seismic effect that, that, that the tablets have had. Well, so the other side of this story is that they're going to be selling these to businesses and education as well on a on a kind of monthly contract. Yeah, plan. what about that? So uh, if you want your business or your school to use these, then you sign up for a three year contract, and I think it's twenty eight bucks a month per user. For businesses and twenty bucks a month per user. No, is that in, is that over? You just keep paying that in perpetuity. You pay that for the three year contract, and then you, I assume, enter a new contract that involves getting new hardware. Right. Um, but the neat thing about this, so it's is, like le- so it's like a lease. Uh, well, this is the way. This is the way. Like IBM and and HP and big enterprise uh, customers sell PCs. Uh, sell PCs to enterprises to big companies. This is not a new thing. Microsoft charges X number of dollars a year per seat. For site licenses to Windows and Office and all the programs that people need. Yeah, but not for stuff. hard, not for the actual de- But there computers. are other companies that do the same thing for hardware. Okay. So there are other companies that will say, okay, we'll support you for this – for $400 per seat per month uh, for all the computers. Now, why that is sell. that – why do, why do uh, enterprises prefer to do it that way? Because they know they always need to be upgrading their hardware every couple of years? Well, because it's cheaper than having a giant team of IT people come in and do that for you. And, oh, because they provide all that, they, that for they, you. They do all the research on the hardware. They do the purchasing of the hardware. The big – like IBM has a better deal with Dell than uh, say uh, Tropicana, PepsiCo will, right? Because if IBM is buying computers for 20 Fortune 500 companies and PepsiCo is buying hardware for one Fortune 500 company – then, then they're going to have a better, a better hardware. But, deal. but you do need IT people on site. You still need IT people on site. You still have a help desk and all that. You still have server IT people and all that. But it, it's a way to offload the maintenance of running thousands of computers for giant companies or even mid-sized companies. The other side of this is it gives mid-sized companies a better, a better purchasing deal. So if you have a five hundred or or three thousand person company. Then, then you can do get a better deal with this than doing it yourself. So the question is: Is Chrome OS capable for business needs? Well, so uh, the thing Google said is seventy five percent of people yes. For seventy five percent of employees at most companies, yeah. yes. Because it's going to be what Ex- like spreadsheets, PowerPoint spreadsheets. All you need is a I don't think they have desktop. Yeah, and that's pretty much all. all yeah. So, so and, and there's some like dedicated apps. Obviously, I mean they're working with those those companies. To bring like the Citrix stuff all to, to Chrome. So what right. they're talking about is instead of using Google Docs in this instance, you just have a remote desktop client in the Chrome OS machine and you log into your machine every morning. It fires up the remote desktop and you're using a Windows desktop that's virtualized on your uh, – you're just remoting into a server that runs a whole boatload of virtual desktop virtual desktops for different users. Right, and I can certainly see the advantages of that. Right, because the advantage of that is somebody loses their notebook. Somebody drops it and breaks it. You go to the IT desk and instead of them sending it back to Dell or, or having a whole stock of expensive machines, right. you just have a whole boatload of these $350 machines. You hand, you take the broken one, you hand them a new one, which and you're really, back in business. Which is really just a hardware portal to the content that's stored yeah. in the cloud. Yes. Right. Yes. And there's also from a security point of view, you don't have to worry about your laptop being stolen. Well, you worry less because everything's encrypted on the laptop and nothing's really stored locally or right. not much. Um, so yeah, I mean, in that regard, it's really interesting. I think probably more for education at first than I think education will buy into this because it's it's cheap. 
compared uh, to the alternative? The flip side of that security coin, though, is our enterprise is going to be comfortable serving all, well, that's, keeping all their private the data thing. in someone else's cloud. Well, they by doing the virtual servers, they'd be hosting the virtual server machines themselves. Okay, so they'd keep all their stuff inside their firewall and probably wouldn't allow users to access Google Docs or whatever. So right. both Samsung and Acer have Chromebooks coming out next month. June fifteenth is when you can order them. You can visit the site right now. What's interesting also for the two models are Wi-Fi and three G versions. They're not yeah. doing the subsidized Verizon plan like they did with. The I think that's good actually. Um, I, I don't know about that because they, they made a big deal out of this. You, you get know, 100 you, megabytes free on the 3G models, though, do don't you? you? See, I don't think I, so. My understanding is that, yes, you do. Okay. If you still do that, then that's all right. Because uh, from what I've read, the 3G models, you put your own SIM card in. 100 megabytes free is is almost nothing. Well, they're making a big deal when the cr 4 came out about how, you know, with their subsidized plan, uh, with their, their deal with Verizon, that's all you need, 100 megabytes for email, light email checking. And if you want to buy more, you can buy more. I'm making flappy hands with my map. Ma- do you think the mouth. Do you think the cloud is where we're all going to end up? Are we, is all our computing going to be done this way in ten years? Uh, this is this is one of those cycl- cyclical things, right? You know, in the '70s, everything was about mainframes and dumb terminals that were essentially just keyboards and monitors hooked up to a, 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 a Ethernet line, right? Uh, then we then the PC rose into prominence. We started using PCs for servers and. Everything got smarter, and and then in the late '90s they started talking about virtual network computing, and Sun was talking about you know more building dumb terminals again, and and it's, it's a cyclical thing. It always ends up with a happy medium, and there's markets for all of these things. Is the is the other side because you know if you're if you're if you want a multi-purpose computer and you want to do stuff that uh, because the bandwidth infrastructure in the U.S. especially is so shitty upstream. You're not going to do video editing in the cloud for the foreseeable future. How much of a threat do you think Microsoft perceives this could be to their Windows business? I would say that Microsoft perceives this as a very big threat to their Windows business. So what do they do? Release their own They've already done it. Version? Yeah, they're yeah. doing Office Live. It's It's been out for ages now. Steve Ballmer said all in in the cloud. Right. Well, yeah. they're, but they're providing, those, they're providing those apps. But what about their own? I mean, they, they would Are need they to create their own, cloud, their own cloud OS, right? Like Windows Cloud or whatever you, they I think might call it. I think they've said – I think Windows 7 Starter Edition – is their cloud OS? That's no. I think no is the answer. Right. Microsoft wants to sell Windows, not cloud. But that's OSs. you know, it's 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 one thing to go after Microsoft in certain different ways. But like, if you are a threat to their Windows business, that is, I mean, that's serious business. They well, have to protect that at all costs. The, the thing, the threat to Windows on this front isn't uh, that, that that Windows is going to go away. It's that they're going to have to charge less for Windows or. Uh, they're going to sell fewer copies of Windows to enterprise and 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 schools. Well, yeah, and I mean that and that's is, their bread and butter. Yeah, so they're gonna they're gonna come up with pricing deals and stuff like that. They're not going to change Windows. I mean, this is a this isn't Linux. This is a major. Yeah, it is major, Linux actually. Well, no, but I mean, it's not like Linux where you know it never it's, it was never going to make that much of a dent where you're just putting something on some on on another laptop. This and Android. And Linux is kind of a pain for regular users. But, this is a super easy. This is this is now a major corporation selling computers. That don't have Windows on them, but this and Linux. Well, oh, Apple's been doing that for a long time. Yes, but very, but and very expensive. Right. This is this is Linux on the desktop. We've been ta- I've been talking about Linux on the desktop for a decade and saying it's not going to work. This is the first time I've seen Linux on the desktop that I thought, oh, maybe this could actually work. So yeah. Uh, other last note about the Chromebooks. They uh, Google is very open to people jailbreaking them. So if you want to get into the Linux kernel underneath this, it's super easy to do by all reports. I haven't tried it. Uh, but that means that if you want to install your own stuff, if you want to install X on these, then you can totally do that. And, and they're pricing them in such a way that they're not trying to make revenue after the sale. So, I think that you could be right that this is uh, a game changer the way that tablets have been and are, are now being. And that if I was Jobs or Bulma, 
I'd be I'd be very concerned. Well, it, what it does is gives an alternative to the traditional PC at the low end where nobody's been servicing. Other than, uh, the netbooks, they tried it with netbooks. Netbooks but and netbooks have been a fizzle. I think the problem with netbooks were neither fish nor flesh, and uh, you know they were cheap, but they were very underpowered, and they were running an OS that I don't think was ideally suited for them. Yeah, this feels like a better marriage of of low of cheap hardware and a very lean. To, you know, bare bones OS. Well, and there's other stuff happening in that kind of netbook in, in that space as well on the OS front. I know uh, Intel and Nokia for a while, but now just Intel have been working on Mego, which is a uh, a similar kind of it's a Linux based but very lightweight uh, OS for netbooks and and low power machines. So I mean, there's going to be other stuff coming in this front. I think that this is the the opening salvo in netbook 2.0. So if you were to try this experiment. For let's say the next seven days, maximize your web browser and 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 remain in that ecosystem and never go over the fence and use anything that isn't part of the anything you can't get through the web browser. Yeah, how do how do you think you would fare? Not very well. What what would be the first la- bump in the road you would hit? Do you think? Well, the first time I want to post something and I look over at Norm, I'm like, "Hey, Norm, can you crop this picture for me?" Right, and then he shoots me the finger. That would be the time that doesn't that happen happens. anyway. Well, no, usually what he does is I, I make the image and crop it, and then Norm takes it down and puts a better image up like 20 minutes after I post oh, the okay. post. So, right? Yep. Absolutely true. Um, last thing about Google I.O., Google I.O. costs $450 to go. This year, Google I.O., uh, mem- people who went to Google I.O. Uh, got a free sam- – Let's talk about last year because okay. last year was the first year where – oh, no, even, even the year before. The year before, too. The year before – so we're talking about two and a half years ago. Nexus One. No, no, no. It was the HTC. Um, des, uh, the, one of the first Desire HTC. HD. No, the one with the the one that Natalie got. The one with. Um, oh yeah, yeah. It was a. T- uh, it was the second. It was the second. Is the Magic. Magic. HTC Magic. Everyone at Google I/O got that phone. And a free month of service. Yes. And this was before the Magic was released. Yeah. Last the first, year. The, the year before that, it was the G1. They gave G1 okay. to everybody in the audience. Last year, it was the Evo. Yeah. The HTC Evo 4G. Uh, on Sprint. So do you think people – that because my question is like why would you pay that much? You can just sit at home and watch the live blogs. Are they paying it in the anticipation they're going to get some great swag? Well, well there's, a lot of, there's a lot of stuff happens at this kind of conference. There's a lot of sidetracks and oh, meetings breakout and sessions, breakout and, sessions yeah. and all that. It's like any other conference. This year – Yeah, this year was big on was the free big. shit market. Day one, everyone got a new Samsung Galaxy Tab 10.1. Not out yet. $500. Very at least. Minimum. So that, at there's least your, $500. That paid, tickets paid for itself right there. Right. Those are already going well, on eBay for $1,000. So, so the developers are just putting these up on eBay? Brilliant. Some people are, yeah. yeah. Uh, day two, everyone got a uh, one of those uh, MiFi's, yeah. a wireless hotspot. Uh, it yeah, wasn't device. a MiFi, it's the Samsung, Samsung 4G Verizon sure. LTE mobile hotspot. Presumably you still got to pay for the service, though. I think I, you I get think, a, a while of free service a, usually. Okay. At least probably a year of service. I guess a month. Maybe a month. Yeah, yeah. I think a year sounds Additional, In addition, they got Chromebooks. Right. Wow. They come out on June 15th. So they got so a very good goodie bag. They got about $1,000 worth of hardware yeah. and service for a $450 ticket plus flying here and staying in hotels if you're not in the area. Yes. Yeah. Now, my question to you. You were there, right? No, we didn't. We, did, we didn't qualify as press. Oh. Uh, and I, I thought you, but your tweets made it sound like you were there. I was watching the live stream. I was very uh, explicit about watching the live stream. Okay. You might have missed the first tweet. Um, Google's been known to do this. I mean, even at GDC, people who, who attend their developer tracks at GDC, the first one, they got like droids, Zoom and, and droids and all and, that. Yeah. Yeah. So my question to you is, do you guys think that this is a mistake for Google and that they're going to make this it, like this is already an event that sells out very quickly in a matter of hours 
the, like they do multiple waves of of opening registration so that people in different time zones have access. I wonder if they're making a mistake uh, and fucking over their devs by giving out all questions. this free stuff. One, are they making a mistake? And two, can it continue? Why? Right. Why is it a mistake? And how is giving them free stuff fucking? Well, them because over? what's going to happen is people who aren't devs are going to start buying these tickets because it's a great value proposition. Yeah. Just to go get the free stuff. I'm not even a dev, and I'm thinking like it would be it'd be a good. Right. Thing Why to would you not spend five hundred yeah. bucks on? Um, and two, is this something that will continue in the future? Well, clearly Google can afford it. I'm not. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a bad. It is not a bad investment to give Android hardware to Google developers, people who are Google proven Google developers. Mm-hmm. I think that is an awesome idea. It is a good move on their part. However, they're going to have to increase the price of the ticket. I think. Because if the ticket isn't a thousand dollars or twelve hundred dollars or whatever, you're just going to get then you're just going to get people coming to try and exploit. Yeah, it. people who live in the Bay Area who yeah, want but isn't a there new some tablet. kind of vetting process to see if you've got credentials as a do developer you, or do you have five hundred dollars? That's the only thing. You, you might ask on the quick on the draw. You might have to pay. You might have to join the Google Developer Program, but I think that's twenty five dollars. Okay, so it is a low threshold. Right. You just have to be so fast. So you can get a lot of nobodies coming in here. Right. So they're going to make getting access to the developer conference a real problem uh, for actual developers and people who can enhance their platforms unless they do something, either stop giving away as much free stuff. The other side of it, though, is that next year if they do, don't give away a bunch of free stuff. Then you make it like, well, who knows really if we're going to get something this year. Yeah, and the people who paid money are going to be pissed off. Right. So I, I don't know that there's a good answer to this. I think that – I bet that the ticket's going to be a lot more expensive next year. It's um, like it's like the tech version of Oprah. It, it everybody really is. gets a you car. You said that on Twitter yesterday. Yeah, look under your seat. It's keys to your brand new Ford Focus. That's right, with the backup rear camera. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I don't know. Something to think about. Uh, I bet if we if people pe- if you would come to I know that a lot of people have twittered me about this. I know a lot of people would pay five hundred bucks just to have the chance to come and get some stuff before it's out. I just think surely just like a strict vetting process. But how do you do that? What if what if I what if I'm developing it? What if I'm an iOS app developer and want to build Android apps? Do I pass the vetting process? How do you, okay. how do you show, verify show that? me the iOS apps that you've developed? That's really easy. I'm going to send you a link to Angry Birds. I developed Angry Birds, Gary. But I, but I don't believe you because I know that someone else. I did developed that. Super Angry Pigs. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's no way for them to verify that stuff. They like developer conferences have to be open. Yeah. Um, before we jump on to the rest of the news, I know there's still yeah, a bunch of stuff uh, still to talk about. Just breaking right now, uh, Netflix for Android released. Oh, finally! On the market. Uh, Yay. For select phones, I'm going to start listing out the phones. HTC Incredible, Nexus One, Evo 4G, the G2, and the Samsung Nexus S. That's been a long time coming. Wow, that is a terribly short list of phones. Well, those those are the uh, the stock phones, pretty much, except for the Evo 4G um, and HTC Incredible. Wow, yeah, this yeah. is the same problem. It's like, this is what I, I can't deal with. No Zoom, it. no no Atrix. Uh, for now, it's for now. Um, wow. Let me see. This on the Netflix blog. No Galaxy S. This phones? is why I don't want to be an Android user because I can't deal with the emotional roller coaster. Oh hey, <laughs> oh my god! Finally Netflix. Oh my phone's not supported. Yeah, yeah. That's not cool. No. Okay, uh, let's move on to the other news. Speaking of things that are close, near and dear to Gary Witta's heart. Adobe uh, introduced a series of companion apps for Photoshop for the iPad yesterday. Yeah, because you know what a big-time Photoshop user but I am. But you are a great lover of the iPad, so I figured one kind of cancels each other out. Uh, okay. Uh, these, these apps give you remote control functionality over aspects of Photoshop across the network. In what I, thought, I thought this was pretty cool. Like, it's not super functional. One of the apps is this, is this cool. something that's actually useful, or is this a novelty? One is, one is useful. One of them is useful, yeah. Okay. Uh, so there's three apps... 
color a nav color color lava and I can't remember what the other one's Easel. called Easel spelled the wrong way uh, and nav I think is the interesting one it's basically you know that little bar of tools down the left side of Photoshop the toolbar yeah the tool no no toolbars across the top oh uh, this is like the they call this the toolbox I think okay uh, and it's like the selector tools and the brush tools the brushes and, all that and things stuff. yeah. So now you have a thing that will let you select those. You can put up to 16 of those because there's like 50 of them now. And you can put 16 of them in a hotkey bank that just stays open on your iPad. Oh, so uh, you would have your iPad like so on a little stand your next to your computer? Yeah, exactly. Okay. exactly. And you can control that. You can switch colors. You can uh, see what's open, what windows are open. So it's just more screen real estate for Photoshop. Highly specialized, but yeah, more screen That's cool. Real estate. I think that sounds good. All right. Uh, color splash is basically like a – Color pa- lava. Color lava, sorry. It's basically a – a palette, um, uh, like a like an artist mixing palette for blending colors. And oh, okay. Color swatches, uh, and that's like not super useful, but I, I can see why you'd maybe want want that. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is a drawing tool. Uh, the, oh, the other neat thing about Nav is that you can take snapshots basically of what's open in your windows right now. So if you want to go show. Bob, what you're working on, like what, see where you're going. Oh, okay. You can go say, hey, check this out, and they can say, oh yeah, I like that, or no, I don't like that, and and you don't have to, no, you don't have the situation like we always had at Max PC where everybody gathers around the designer's computer and like they, it's uncomfortable for everyone. You can share a tablet as opposed to huddling around. Yeah, a instead monitor. of huddling around a monitor. Right. Um, and then the last one is Easel, which is a drawing tool that you can draw in and then blast things over to Photoshop from there, which is the least interesting of all three. It's like a watercolor simulator, basically. Yeah, because, I mean, if you're not using a – these things don't have the the functionality of like a Wacom. Yeah. No. no tablet, no, no, no. pressure sensitivity or yeah. anything. So, I mean, how 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 much fine detail work are you really going to be able to do? Um, it was pretty good. The most interesting thing about Easel is it uses a kind of innovative multi-touch interface to access the different menus. So rather than having a menu bar or a, a tool tray or something, you literally tap all five fingers on the screen and lift up everything but the finger for the thing you want to slide. So it's almost Star Trekian. Are these free if uh, you have Photoshop? No, it's 10 bucks for the whole set basically. Okay. But they are range from $6 to $3. I like it. That's Adobe thinking outside the box. It's kind of neat. I mean it's, it's a it's, – a glimpse into the future. I don't know if this is a good implementation of these products. It's step step two in their series of uh, apps. I mean, there's Adobe Ideas. This is a little more integrated, and then they will have a more fully functional, like Photoshop style app for the iPad right. with layers and stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, next thing is, uh, fo- yeah, th- that is the other thing. Is I feel like that Nav app would be much better if it lets you navigate layers uh, rather than. Because the benefit there is if you're using a Wacom with your right hand, you can use this with the left hand to change brushes without having to switch back and forth between the mouse and the pointer with your right hand, which is a, like something that I can see – the stylus rather. Right. I, I, anyway, um, uh, Google and Facebook. Facebook apparently hired a PR agency to smear Google. Yes. Or that's what people are saying. Big story I don't today. know if that's actually true, but it seems like – this is Jim Goldman's firm. Well, right? I mean everyone seems to have admitted to it. Well, oh, I didn't. I missed that part. I haven't read the news. This the the yet. the PR company have come out saying yes, we shouldn't have done this. This is very bad. <laughs> oh boy, uh, and this is Jim Goldman's PR company, the CNBC guy. That's the amazing Apple fanboy, right? Um, I don't know who that is. Okay, never mind then. But yeah, so uh, Facebook, I don't paid know. this paid this company to uh to seed, go to like to, seed stories to, to tr- try and convince journalists to write stories about Google's. Social, what's it called? Social places or something? Uh, yeah, it's the thing. It's the yeah. It's basically it's like what their Yelp, their closest thing to a to a yeah. Facebook competitor. It's in, Foursquare for by Google, basically. Right. So and really, you know, and, and, and trying to get companies, trying to get newspapers and media outlets to write stories about how 
this is the, the way that they do it is an invasion of your privacy and it's very dangerous and you should go to Facebook instead. That's much better. Yeah, because Facebook is kinda, all about your privacy. Well, again, kind of cheeky, right? Yeah. When you consider just how much uh, <laughs> Facebook. trouble Facebook has been in for Facebook. privacy issues. We've been finding new ways to violate your privacy since 19, uh, 2004. Six? Yeah. When did Facebook launch? Six? Four? Four? Uh, four, Six. I think. Three or four? Four? Winklevoss. Something like that. Um, I don't. I don't care about the story at all. I'm sorry. Okay. I mean, is it? It's more of a. It's more of a media story, I think, than a text yeah. story. I mean, I feel like it's really like if you are a PR person and you want to get newspapers to write about stuff, all you have to do is send a release over that has a pretty good headline. A major corporation it. hires PR company to peddle bullshit. Shocker. <laughs> yeah. This is not a new story. Yeah. Time. Uh, the the other media story that's that is a little bit more interesting, but still kind of insidery, is that uh, one of the FCC commissioners that voted on the oh, on this, the cable this, town. Now purchase. this is very bad. Yeah. So we've talked about the Comcast NBC merger as spoofed on Thirty Rock as the Cable Town purchase. Yes. Uh, so one of the commissioners who was on the committee that voted to approve this merger because deals of this significance have to be approved yeah, by the, the feds. government. The feds right? have to look at this. Government's supposed to be looking out for right. us. Guess who just got hired to be a lobbyist for Comcast? Could it be one of the FCC commissioners that approved the deal? You are exactly right in one, Gary Weta. And, and people wonder why nobody trusts the U.S. government. I, I don't why, – why do we not think that they're out for our best interests? Now, in the U.K. – Yeah. I don't know if, it's, if they have this here, but in the U.K. – I don't even know how well it's really enforced in the U.K., but they have a rule now okay. that says if you work in uh, any kind of governmental oversight – body yeah uh like the uh, like you know the the fcc or any one of these regulatory yeah. uh, bodies the mining uh, commission that puts, that puts you in the, the where you're in the business of okaying uh deals or uh contracts yeah or uh, procurement anything like that yeah like let's say for example i work for the defense department okay um that's a scary thought. and i and i work and i do procurement i decide if lockheed martin is gonna get the next billion dollar fighter plane contract is, is it gonna have an ipod dock I, if I was designing it, it would, okay. of course. Um, I can't simply quit my job and then start at Lockheed Martin the next day. There's, there, there's, there has you gotta to wait be a, a couple of weeks or something. No, for it's, for a few, it's a few months. Oh, oh, oh that's that's gonna oh, help. Man, but it's still, well, you can do or it may, few it, months, it, may it may actually be longer than some that. Gifts. I'm not sure. But they are, obviously, baskets. the point is to prevent Lockheed Martin coming to me and saying, "Look, give us this billion dollar deal." And then you can have a very nice job over here, yeah. but we'll pay you a lot more money than the government will pay you. How would you like to earn $100,000 more a year? Now, this is very – well, even more than that. Right. Now, this is very common. This this kind of bullshit corruption happens all the time. Yeah. And there are, so we try to put things in place to stop it. It obviously doesn't work. This is a classic example of that. It's very hard if you've got any level of real-world skepticism at all. It's very hard to not believe – that that, that, so, that there was that there was some sort of there. influence here. Yes. Hey, com- if you approve the Comcast the said, yeah. "Hey, look, grease the skids for us on this, and and you will some, you will come and work for us when that's done, and you will you will earn a lot of money." And that is basically bribery. Yep. Yeah. It's, and that's it not is, cool. It is. It is. It offends me on such a core level. I have trouble talking about it intelligibly. Will there be an investigation? No. Why not? Has there ever been? When the guy who was in charge of, uh, uh, you know, um, deep water mining, uh, uh, oil drilling went to work for an oil company, was it, did they investigate that? No. I thought it was very telling that this story broke yesterday. I did not see uh, Lawrence O'Donnell or Rachel Maddow making a big stink about it. Oh, that's interesting. I'd like, I'm actually going to watch again tonight to see if it happens. Because if they don't, then then Well, they don't want to get Olbermann. Well, this is the problem, right? This is, why, this is the problem this is when the chilling big effect. corporations own these outlets. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, uh, I did you watch? Did you watch Daily Show last night? No. I, I bet John Stewart had something interesting to say about this. Uh, anyway, it, the whole thing's super shady. Uh, more the more you know. I hope that there's investigations. I fear that there will not be. Uh, I it's, would, dis- it's disgusting. It 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 it, it is a, a perversion of democracy. It's 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 it makes me sick. Yes, perversion of democracy. Uh, on more upbeat news, there is a rumor going around right now that there are dev kits in the wild at Electronic Arts for the next Xbox, the Xbox Four Twenty, the Xbox. I like to think they're going to. I call prefer Four Twenty. <laughs> that seems much more target demographic. I like to think they're going to call it the the Xbox uh, Next, Next, yeah, or next or possibly box. the NGX, the Next Box, no. the Next Box. We already had one of those though. That was what Steve Jobs did between Apple and. I was called Next. Well, but they called it the Next Box. Uh-huh. Maybe it was the Next Cube. Anyway, so the rumor is that the dev rumor kits is are there. dev kits are out now. Not particularly difficult to believe because you got to believe that if not EA, somewhere inside Redmond. There's there's some version of prototype next generation Xbox hardware sitting around because well, yeah. they would be grossly negligent if they haven't done a bunch even, of development on it. Even now. if it's just like the you remember the original Xbox 360 dev kits that were basically like a G5 dual G5 tower hooked up to. Well, a, that's what they look like. I mean, those those those, those, yeah. those early dev kits just look like a big tower PC. Yeah, there's no there's no industrial design on them yet. Uh, so that would that says to me that that means we will see if that is true, which EA promptly denied. Mm-hmm. As they're contractually ob- obligated to, if they did have some sort of next gen dev kit hardware, yes, um, that says to me that we're looking at a next Xbox next year sometime. Do you think they'll, sh- they'll talk about an E3? I do not know. I doubt this E3. Xbox 360 is selling really well yeah. still. No yeah. reason. And Connect no is also selling very well. Connect is selling well. Plus, Nintendo um, next Nintendo uh, console won't be out until 2012 anyway. Yeah. I mean, right. I, the, the question I have for you guys is, do you think, like, last generation console, everybody launched prior, just prior to holiday. Uh, Microsoft was 04 holiday, and, and Sony and Nintendo were 05, right? Or was it 05 and 06? I can't remember. 05, 06. Okay, so, uh, but they launched, like, November. Wait, wait, wait. Xbox, Xbox 360 yeah, came out at 05. the end of 2005. Okay. 05, 06. So, 05, 06. Wii year. Yeah. So, you, you couldn't. But the, but they they had such problems meeting the demand for these products that they were constantly sold out for in the case of the Xbox like three or four months and in the case of the Wii six or eight months but but yeah. most half of consumer purchasing happens in the holiday season so my thought is I think they're going to launch these things in nope. this in the springtime or early nope. summer no nope absolutely not why not they don't care if it sells out if it sells out it's great press release for them. and then people are going to buy it anyway. Then next year they're going to sell more. I mean, if they, yeah, it's it's going to still be holiday. Hmm. There, there are marketers, are marketers, the and and people smarter than all three of us combined who have plotted these. Hard to out. imagine, but those people exist. It's shocking. I I really I really think. I mean, in the old days, consoles launched in summer. What do you think our combined IQ is? 70, 75? Yeah. Hold on, Norm's here. Right. 85? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait, it's at 100, right? You are wearing a shirt that references a shirt that references a shirt right now, just to be clear. That doesn't make me stupid. It just makes me lame. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, anyway. But, you know, again, we come back. On the one hand, it seems believable because, again, you know, we're six years, five or six years into this generation now. That's already longer than, than, than generations typically last. Yep. On the other hand, you know, Connect has been a, been a big refresher for the system and – the oh, companies oh, are saying oh, we think oh, Connect well, was on. a success for the first it's, holiday. My Connect has mostly gathered dust, but I think they will continue to find interesting things for it to do. 
Um, but you know, companies saying we think this could be a ten-year generation. And again, I'm not seeing on the consumer side a ton of people aren't crying out for a new console. They're happy with what they have. I think we're not. I mean, less so if you're a PlayStation owner right now. But you know, for the I, most part, I don't know. I think. I mean, I think 360 is starting to look a little, little old. I mean, I think when I think when you look at games, even like I don't want to bring Brink up because it's a kind of not well received game. Mm. But when you look at it on the on the 360 versus on the PC, it, it looks significantly better on the PC, which is nothing new. But 720p, 30 hertz is starting to feel a little bit old. A little bit. And you've yeah. got games like L.A. Noir that are coming out on three discs now. Yeah. It's starting to feel like we're, we're starting to hit the ceiling on some Well, and some even areas. on three discs, I think they had to compress the video a lot more on that than they did on the PS3 version. Oh, so, really? Because I, mean, I ordered the, pre, the 360 version. Oh. Maybe I should have waited for some kind of comparison. I don't know. Cancel that pre-order. Yeah. Mm. Not too late. I don't know. I don't like the – there's certain things about the PS3 that I don't like. Don't like that, the controller as much. That is true too. Maybe I should get the PS3 version. Um. I, I just think I mean I think I think that it is a possible I think GDC next year it wouldn't surprise me if there's a one more thing type moment at E3 for Microsoft this year where they whip out a new console I think Sony's on the death march with the PS3 I think that's going to stay for I don't think they're going to talk about anything this E3 Do you think they're going to have to have a very subdued E3 presence like Trenton's not going to be able to come out going booyah I don't think we're going to see Kevin Butler <laughs> no um, or the kid I don't, well they never bring the kid out on stage do they Oh, they show videos. Yeah, they show videos. I mean, clearly, like, clearly, at least part of their E3 presentation and probably their lead is going to have to be some kind of mea culpa for this whole. I, I, well, NGP, come on. I mean, well, well, yeah. I mean, they're going to get into the exciting stuff, but I think it would be in poor taste if they didn't start out with addressing, you know, the real. Twenty twenty ten was the best year ever for PS3. Did that Swiss and then Metal March. game come out? Huh? Did that Swiss the Metal game come out? Not yet. That was announced the last E3, right? They brought they brought the uh, the ice cream truck and everything on stage. Yeah. Yeah, I th- that's that's I don't know what's up with that. They can actually. they can Jeff talk about, about NGP in ways that you know they can make exciting because obviously that's not a, you know related to their recent troubles. Um, well, it would be if it was out. Is NGP supposed to be this holiday? I don't know. It is right. We'll find out. Maybe couldn't be less, less than a month. Couldn't be less interested. Um, okay, uh, let's see. Mike, uh, Microsoft Research Next Sensor. Gary, this is something you brought up. I have no idea what this is, but you. I don't know too much. Well, I, uh, I just looked at a picture, but no pressure. Microsoft Research, you know, they have their they have their Skunk Works people, just like any all these other big companies do, and um, they demoed uh, some kind of uh, next generation motion sensing technology, which is far more advanced than Kinect. Whether or not it's anything that uh, you know has. Uh, is going to be commercialized in any way soon. You know, they, it's just like Courier and Surface and all these things that you don't see for a long time, if ever. But you know, next I like, topic. I, I like Microsoft Research. Oh, I've always wanted to do that. I think the they do. I mean, they yeah, they are willing like, to spend um, money on projects that I mean, it's almost like MIT's Media Lab or 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 like Xerox Park or any of the other kind of think yeah. tank. Uh, or, anytime or you're Bell a com- anytime you're a company or, like that, yeah, yeah. You've, you've got to have your skunk works. You've got to have like this will never be anything. This will probably never be N- anything, nine out of ten products will never be products. You've got it. You've got it. Yeah, but the, but the tenth time we hit something that is worth a trillion. And also dollars. the lessons learned yeah. from those products. You know, the ideas yeah, trickle are, down. Yeah. yeah. It brought into other devices. Um, like we got non-stick pans from the Apollo missions. How cool is that? And smoke detectors. Is that right? Yeah, smoke detectors are a spinoff of the space program. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, I used to get a newsletter from NASA that was called Spinoffs, which listed all the spinoffs from the space program. It was like Mylar blankets and smoke detectors. That's basically. cool. These yeah. days it would be nothing. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to introduce a new segment I like to call Analysts Predict the Future. I should probably make that echo or something cool. A um, couple of goofy analyst things today. One of them is totally straight up. 
Uh, I think Gartner said that they think SSD drives are going to hit $1 per gigabyte in 2012. Yes. I, that makes sense. The curve the curve looks like that. That seems right to me. I think that's a turning point for SSDs. Lloyd said that in his column a few weeks ago. I Nobody is disputing this, right? Everyone what's, agrees. What's the, what's the remaining lifespan on moving part platter hard drives? I think it's indefinite at this point. You think it's what? I think, I think that there will continue to be a need for massive two, four, eight Capa- terabyte capacity, drives. Yeah. yeah. It's all about capacity. When you're, when you're not worried about performance, sometimes you just want to hold a whole shitload of data. Yeah. And if it takes milliseconds to spin up instead of nanoseconds, that's okay. So mm-hmm. we'll get the isolinear chips. Yeah. Or, or holographic <laughs> Gel storage. Packs. Yeah. Uh, Gel packs are for replicators. The next. No, the, no, no. Oh, Voyager no. runs the entire computer. All the data storage is on gel packs. Mm. The next crazy analyst prediction is that. You sent me this link, actually, Gary. What Windows Phone 7 will be the mobile OS market leader by 2015. I've heard this prediction before. This was a pyramid research. I thing. sent this to you with the comment lols. Yes. And uh, I think that this is. And, actually, you, and you went back, oh, maybe not so lols worthy. I, I think that. I mean, the. the it's easy to look at where we are with the handset market right now and say, oh, yeah, this is this is the way it is, the way it will be, and the way it always has been. Um, it's still super in flux. The big question is whether people who bought Android phones are going to rebuy Android phones. Putting Nokia and Microsoft together in a one giant phone super team is a much bigger deal than I think any of us and that, really – And that seemed to be the main thrust around. of their argument. Beyond that, I didn't really understand – I mean, some of the things on, on that chart made me it just didn't make sense. Like projecting basically nothing, negative growth for iOS as a yeah. platform, just basically kind of tra- flatlined at best and kind of trending a little bit downward. And then uh, Android kind of trending up, but ultimately kind of plateauing. And Windows uh, Phone 7 just going up and up and up. Now, who knows? But right now, obviously, the, there's no indication of that at all. Windows Phone 7 is having a really hard time making any any getting any kind of well, purchase in this marketplace. So there are a couple of things that are happening with uh, Windows Phone 7. The Nokia thing is a big deal. Both of both Nokia and Microsoft are not going to be afraid to spend a ridiculous amount of money marketing. I agree phones. the Nokia thing could be a game changer. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, as this platform gets more mature, we've seen a little few hints of the Mango update. There's going to be an event in New York on the 24th that we're going to yeah um i i mean i i think mango is a make or break thing but the real make or break for for microsoft and and windows One seven is the first the first co nokia microsoft product yes if they have if they have because I've, I've said it a bunch of times the, the os is really good yeah i like even even you know there's a lot of things about it that need fixing i think it's the, a, the, the main feeling of the experience it's it's slick it's it's bright and colorful and friendly and just really nice yeah. I, I think it's going to not be on the high end it's going to be on the low end you think that it's, this is they're going to make cheap fe- feature gonna, phones that be, are smartphones it's going to be kin um done right now and the mm-hmm. other thing is that this story was made even before the skype news broke so, and that's a, that's another thing that may play yeah. into uh how, how much windows phone 7 can offer over its competitors yeah i mean i, I don't i the the point of this isn't making weird predictions about windows phone 7 being a huge deal the point is it's too early to count anybody out, even RIM or Nokia. I want Windows Phone 7 to succeed. Because you love Microsoft? Um, Steve Ballmer is so awesome. I love things that are good. And I think Windows Phone 7 is good. That is a good answer, Gary. Yes. Uh, so this concludes the news section for this week. Oh, uh, the original Galaxy Tab got gingerbread today. This concludes this week's news section. I'm going to play some music and then we're talking about what we've been testing. Gary, you have a you have you've been testing something this week. I've been testing a lot of things. What have you been testing? I actually had to make a list 
You made a Whoa. list of testing, testing so many. Well, it's a very short list. I've got four things on it, but that's longer than it's I was four, expecting. Four more than I usually have. I usually feel quite guilty during this segment because you, you and Norm, you know, you're testing well, it's our stuff job. every day. We're professionals. I'm, I, I usually just sit around. Right. You that's know, I'm true. not testing Gary very time, much of anything. I think is what you call that? Other than my own potential for sedentary. Well, what about the the Captain Kirk bathroom? You tested that. Yes, but again, these don't really count as testing. Sure. Um, so but what, I have, what are the things you've been testing? But, you know, I've actually been testing some technology. Okay. Like things that are appropriate to this podcast. Technology, eh? Technology. So, you know, as you know, I broke down and finally uh, bought an AeroPress. Oh. Okay. So um, how, how, you've had some problems with it. I'm I'm a little perplexed by the problems you've had. I think you've, there's some sort of operator error. Well, I think the, the initial problem seemed to be that I, first of all, I followed the the, the manual. Uh, the instructions they give me in the manual, I think if you follow them, it's not good. And I then, made okay then, cups of coffee with that, but and, I made much better by following. And the then I tried method. to run before I could walk a little bit, and I went straight to the making your fancy the invert, inverted, inverted method, method yeah. which I did not feel comfortable with. It was scary. It was too scary because it, it does seem like there's a potential to, to burn your hands. You can't leapfrog. Don't yeah. leapfrog. You, you can't run before you can walk. Um, and so I took some tips from you and went back to the regular method, but using the, the little the tweaks that you provided. And, oh, okay. I actually, and I actually managed to make a, uh, a travel mug of coffee this morning that was very, very satisfying. Oh, good. Okay, excellent. So I'm pleased with the AeroPress. Uh, it's still, you know, a little bit more work than I really want to put into making a cup of coffee. Okay. You know, the, it, it, I, there's, a, there's a lot of mess at the end, like getting rid of the, gra- the, the, the soggy grounds and stuff. Well, it's kind so of messy. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Uh, there's, there's a lot of room for efficiency in that process. All right. Like after you do it for a while, I can do a, uh, like the, the main brunt of the time it takes is the time it takes to steep, the two and a half minutes I let it steep. Mm-hmm. Uh, cleaning that thing is dead simple. I don't know what you're talking about. You just unscrew the cap and push the grounds and the filter into the trash. Mm-hmm. No, no muss, no fuss. And then you don't have to wash it. Like I just, I'm probably not doing the disposal right. I just rinse off the top and put it, put it on the shelf and it's ready for the next day. Yeah. Loaded and ready to go. Yeah. Well, it's good. The, the, the cup that I had today was very tasty. It makes good coffee. I got some, I got some brand new beans to grind and, I like and beans. put in there. Three, uh, three region blend oh, uh, from uh, Starbucks. From, okay. That's very, interesting. T- very tasty. Fresh, okay. fresh roasted beans. Good. So that's the AeroPress. What else have I got going on what's, here? What's the next item on your list, I've sir? been playing. I, so I, I tested some uh, golf technology. Oh, you oh. went and got clubs. Yeah, new clubs. So I'm playing in this charity tournament next month. Okay, the Child's and Play. Very right? entourage. For, yeah, the, the child, for Child's Play. Are you going to play with Ari Gold? I don't know who I'm going to be playing with oh. yet. But um, I'm not very good. Okay. And uh, You're pretty good at Tiger Woods, though, so I think that would well, carry over. F- no, you'd think. <laughs> But no, you should get the PS3 version, and so you can do the real swing. No, that's not. No, we're okay. not doing that. It doesn't help you at all. I think um, that might help me. But I had, I had used to have clubs that were terrible, and you know, I think I should get some clubs that are properly fitted for me. So I went to a place that actually does real club fitting. If you, you may or may not know this. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. If you want to, if you want a proper set of clubs, don't buy off the shelf. You got to go and have them fitted. Yeah, for you. Cost right. Them. Especially and, given your handicap of being, you know, you're left-handed. I don't know if people know that. It doesn't help. If I don't know left- if you want me to publicize. Being that. a left-handed golfer is a pain because you know, even if you just need a glove, like there's, yeah. you got there's a much less selection available. Yeah, I go to Flanders right. store. Um, however, so the, the leftorium. The, this is not a this is not a problem though if you buy custom clubs because if you're left-handed, they all they have to order the parts up separately anyway. It's just if you want to buy clubs off the shelf. So how much of this – god damn it. Uh, how much of this is you not wanting to have embarrassing clubs when you're out in public where people know who you are? Well, part of, well, part of that it, – it, I mean certainly embarrassment is a factor, but it's more to do with the fact with not wanting to embarrass yourself by playing terribly. Right. And uh, you know, at least a small portion of that is dictated by your equipment. If you've got clubs that are 
fitted for you and very appropriate for beginners. There's a huge difference between clubs which are uh, appropriate for beginners, which is to say they're much more forgiving if you don't hit the ball correctly, uh, than you know the ones that the pros use, which allow them much more control, but only based on the fact that they know exactly how to hit the ball. Um, I don't know how to hit the ball properly, so I want clubs that are very forgiving. Gotcha. So explain to me the charity golf tournament like, well, hold, hold on. concept. Because how does this raise money? Uh, everybody pays a certain amount of money to play, okay, and that money goes to charity. Oh, so you're you're paying? It's not like someone's paying to play with you. Well, and there's a sponsor too that's paying paying to sponsor the tournament. I mean, also, also I mean, the, the reality is, I mean, the green fees and the cart rental and everything else is included, lunch and everything's included. It's actually not that much more expensive than you than you'd pay for a nice day out playing golf. Okay, so this is more. at Pebble or something? No, or no this is down in Pasadena. Okay, um, so I don't want to embarrass myself. So I'm going to practice a lot between now and June. Okay. I'm going to maybe take a couple of lessons. That's a good idea. But I went, so I went to the, I thought the first thing to do is get, cl- get properly fitted clubs that are appropriate for a beginner or a so, novice like me. So like, I play, but I'm terrible. So in this regard, golf is kind of like PC gaming in that if you have more money to spend and get better equipment, you have a better, you have an edge you don't have to, over you don't, the well, Costco. Right well, the thing is it didn't even involve spending that much money. I, I would have bought clubs off the shelf for the same price or maybe even more. But these clubs are probably are properly customized for me. So I, and I thought it was very interesting. So I went to this place. I went to this golf center, which is a big golf shop, which is also attached to a driving range and a teaching facility. It's a very serious golf place. Okay. And the guy was very friendly and, he's, and he took me out onto the driving range and said, let me watch you swing a golf club. <laughs> Did he start laughing? No, because he's a professional. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> my bad. And, uh, you know, I swung the club, you know, my kind of cack-handed way that I do. And uh, he said, okay, I think I've got you figured out. You need super forgiving clubs. Um, <laughs> so is it like the big, like the, the thing that they give toddlers with like a plastic handle with the giant knob on the No, end? but I mean, like, for example, your drive will be an oversized driver. Okay. And the, 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 uh, the, the clubs don't look that different. But for example, like, an, like a seven iron. Okay. Like if you watch Tiger Woods hit a seven iron, he right. has what they call a forged iron, which okay. is like, you know, a, a, the metal is... It's a it's a single piece of metal that comes from a forge, which has a very which has a tiny sweet spot. I wish I could get clubs made by dwarves. Why would you want that? Oh, they made, it, they're the best with metal work. Oh, yeah. I see. I see. You want dwarven <laughs> clubs? Oh my goodness, Mithra enchanted. Yeah, exactly. So I got the kind of clubs that don't allow you a lot of control, but okay. no matter where you hit the ball on the club face, it's probably going to go more straight. or less the right more direction. or less in the right direction. So you're not going to slice. You're not going to hook. Right, bigger sweet spot. Okay. Um, and but what would, the part that I thought was very interesting was how the club fitting actually works. I thought they like would measure your arms and stuff and say, "Well, you're this tall. You know, the the shaft of the club needs to be that long." What you they actually, yeah, I knew that was coming. I knew it. <laughs> so, and okay. I tried to say the shaft of the club yeah. to make it as hard as hard yeah. for him as possible to like yeah. get a joke in there. Still did it. Yeah. All he needed was that one word. Uh, that's what she said. So what they do is they give you a club uh, and they polish the the. the <laughs> The toe of the of the club, which is the Not, bot- they don't so, polish. Sorry, the, the, shaft. So, the sole. No, they don't polish a shaft. Okay, well. just making sure. They polish the sole of the club, which is you know obviously the bottom part of okay. the club head. A straight face. And what they do is they have you hit the ball off a black rubber mat. Oh, that's cool. Which leaves marks on the club. Mm. And so what they do is after you've swung the club, uh-huh. they examine the black scuff marks that are left on the club, and they can see exactly where the where the marks are. And they, it's like CSI golf. Yeah, yeah. They, they forensically examine the, the marks and can figure out if the, the swing is too long or too short. And they, they, they then make a, 
uh, a determination on the what kind of club you need based on that. I thought it was very interesting. Yeah, swing as naturally as possible. You know, it, you know, we talk about technology and science, and people don't realize a tremendous amount of, of science and technology. Well, golf, goes tennis. Into all the oh, kind of I mean, all kinds of amazing kinetics and all kinds yeah. of amazing things. Did they did they hook you up to like a high speed camera or anything so they could like watch your swing from sixteen different directions? No, I have had lessons where they do that. Well, they'll play the swing back and they'll they'll, they'll actually do a. This is terrible, but they'll do a split screen. Ooh. Well, they'll sh- where, where they'll show your swing and 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 match it frame by frame with the swing of a professional. Like they'll put you next to like Phil Mickelson. Oh, or that's something. not nice. And you can and you can see just how unlike a real golf swing your swing looks. <laughs> it's 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 awful. In fact, there are there are actually iPhone and iPad apps that will do this. They'll they'll analyze that you can set up your your phone uh, to record you on video, and then it will take that footage and and do kinds of various things. With we should it. test some golf stuff. Yeah. Why would we not do this? We could go know. out and have a nice day in the sun. Oh, it's incredible. Fantastic. Race golf carts. There's so, I mean, there's such a huge market for golf gadgets and things that will help improve your game and different kinds of clubs and fun stuff. Interesting. Okay. I, so, I'm, I'm in. So that was, that was that. And so my clubs are being built for me as we wow. speak. Forged by dwarves of for, yeah, Yes. They, 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 t- they took the uh, – <laughs> I ordered the mithril club yeah, heads. The plus one upgrade. <laughs> right. The, 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 the minus one slice, yes, plus my, one hook. Yes. My grips are plus 40 uh, uh, stamina. Mm. Are you going to – so what kind of – more vesting gas. Are you going to buy a novel outfit to play golf? Or are you going to get like high pants and a, and a, and I, a no, I already page have, boy I cap? already have apparel. Okay. You know, I'm not the kind of – I'm not going to wear like the crazy checkered pants get a or kilt. anything like you that. You can wear a kilt to the Oh, actually, the you know what? There might be something to that. Right. Hot, hot down. Pasadena. Utility kilt. I know. No, not a util- never a utility kilt. But just a, just a traditional. I played golf in uh, – Mexico last year and it was super hot. Yeah, and uh, you want you want clothes that breathe and or you know, there, I mean there is no clothes at all. Is yeah. the case maybe? Well, and I probably get kicked off the course. Well, I mean with the kilt, you're kind of like one oh, yeah. one dress away. Yeah, you're all good. Yeah, um, but no, I'm not the kind to do like you know the Tiger Woods thing where you dress your golfer up in the most ridiculous, awful kind of. So you're not going to grow a mullet clothes. for this tournament, is what you're saying? No. Okay. No, I like to look as as uh, respectable as That's possible. That's item number two on your list of four things you've been testing. So the other thing I tested uh, was I upgraded my uh, my uh, DVR setup at home to any room DVR. So this is the thing from the DirecTV ad where you start watching the robots fight in the living room and then they mm-hmm. smash through the wall into the kitchen and destroy your house. It's and not you can co- pick it, it up there. In reality, it's not quite as as cool as that. Mm. But I don't is, know. I don't so know we if, had like yeah, three robots. different DVR boxes in the house, and we okay. realized it was too. You were paying all this money for these different boxes that we don't really use, and you know, if you want to watch a show in the bedroom, you got to rec- you make sure you record it on that machine. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. So the Comcast guy came, and we we replaced all that stuff, and so we, now we have one box in the living room, which, by the way, was a really nice upgrade because we went from 160 gigabytes of storage mm-hmm. to 500 gigabytes. Oh, that's pretty good. Because you know hard drives are so expensive these days. Well, when you're, I mean, when you're recording HD TV, 160 gigs, it's like three hours. So it will fill up real quick. Yeah. So we got a nice capacity upgrade, if nothing else. And now the setup is that any show we can only record shows on in the living room. Uh huh. But any show we record, we can watch in any other room where we How, have, you one have of a, the other boxes, like smaller boxes, smaller in the other boxes, room? which you can also use to watch cable. And right. you can get all your on demand and all that. You just can't record anything, but you can play back any recording that's on the master box. So I mm. think that's a better setup than we had before. How many things can the master box record at once? Uh, two, I think, maybe three. Oh, th- two or three is okay. The problem, well, yeah, the problem comes on Sunday when I want to record Game of Thrones, Celebrity Apprentice, and CSI Miami all at once. It's a big train wreck of, of excellent television. <laughs> well, well, of television at least. Yeah. Well, one out of three it, it yeah. isn't bad. Yeah. 
For CSI Miami's ended now, and Celebrity Apprentice, I think, has only got a couple of weeks left Thank to go. Thank God. And then, I, then it's just Game of Thrones all the, all well, the way. Only uh, four episodes left. No, six. It's, it's ten episodes total? Ten episodes. Yeah. Okay. Six. I think so. I thought so, too. Which I'm a little bit concerned about, because it kind of seems like they're kind of behind the pace a little bit. Like, they don't feel like they're four-tenths of the well, way through the book. Neither are Will and I have read the book, so so. So does this enemy this any room DVR thing? Does it work over cable or does it? Do you have to have Ethernet? They it's, run Ethernet? it's not the, the boxes aren't connected by anything other than coaxial cables. Oh, okay, so, so it's, it's, it's got to be going through the cable system. But it's probably like Ethernet over cable or something. Yeah, yeah, no, like no, it's not, it's not going within the house though. It, it's going back to Directv or back to Comcast. No. Is it? No, it that can't seems be. like a very round that roundabout way to. No, that do would it. destroy your. It seems like it's creating some kind of LAN through the through huh. the. Cable, I would guess. We could fact check this, but uh, I'm I'm going to guess that yeah, that they're using Ethernet over coax. Well, I, I mean, the one thing I can confirm is it's not connected by anything else other than the coax. And does so. it take a while to like transfer files over? Or does it just I haven't instantly? tried that yet? I haven't really recorded anything yet. We just got it yesterday. Oh, okay, but right. uh, it's so a nice incomplete testing is what you're telling yeah, me. I'm I'm going to be doing more thorough testing as the, as the days and I'll weeks go on. I'll add this to my list of things to revisit later. What was your fourth item? Oh, actually, I don't think I really had one. All I had was I, I only mentioned it because I saw your t-shirt. Is that I've uh, I was very much enjoying the new Lonely Island album. Oh, I, you know, I've I put been, it on my test, audio. I've been testing that. I haven't listened to it yet. It's very good. Okay. Oh, re- one thing we actually forgot to mention if you talk about music and albums is that uh, Google demoed a new uh, interactive music video at I.O. Oh, the Rome uh, thing. The Rome thing. Oh. Uh, they did, the first one they did was Arcade Fire, uh, Wilderness Downtown. Danger Mouse. Um, and there's another one. I think it's debuting actually when the album comes out next Tuesday on the 17th. It's the Danger Mouse and Jack How White is it interactive? Uh, it's the first one. I don't know if you saw this, like the Chrome Experience project with the Arcade Fire. Like the song's about you know going back well, you, home. You, you put in your address. You put in your address. Okay. And then it does all these calculations. And so as the song plays, it's using like Google Earth and Street and View, Street View to make it sound like to look like you know it's like a personalized video over music yeah. in town and your where the house you used to grow up in. That's interesting. That kind of stuff. It was actually really cool. Um, the new one is all about uh, crazy 3D graphics and. Like I think you're in a car, you can look around, you can like paint the landscape, and there are three models and transforming animals, and um, it was pretty cool. Yeah, from the demo they showed, it was pretty cool, and I think we'll be able to see it next week. So I think the website is ro.me. Um, also, that album is rad. Oh well, I don't. Oh yeah, you can listen to it on I'm, VR. I can't talk about it enough. It's on theguardian.co.uk. If you're Canadian, I know Matt Prager sent me that link, and it didn't work. Uh, it is a really awesome album. It's all spaghetti western inspired. What album is this? Uh, the new Rome. Rome. It's Danger Mouse and and uh, Daniel yeah. something a music composer, uh, a score composer. It's all really right. really. I'll cool. listen to that. Yeah, highly recommended. Um, Norm, what have you been testing? Let's see. You you uh you we well we both tested iPhone, the iPhone versus single serving tools. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. yes, no, 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 we we and that video that video's up. up. Um, so uh, a couple weeks ago, the flip went away. And we had this idea of, well, what else could the iPhone replace practically? Yes. Um, and so we looked at the iOS app store and found the top downloaded utilities. There are a ton of these. Yeah, like, um, like, uh, rulers and levels. Yeah. And like, stop know, use your iPhone to be 50 different tools. Um, I didn't actually do any of those. I bought the single server well, versions. Well, the single server ones. Yeah. And then we, uh, ran some tests uh, to compare. Um, and the, the one actually we didn't get a chance to do was the one I wanted to do from the very beginning was the decibel meter. Um, but those things are, I couldn't ones. find a cheap one. Right. And yeah. the, the cheap ones are actually not as – I mean they're, they're just – They're bad. Good. They're going to be just as good as the iPhone. Uh, the really good ones are in the several thousands of dollars. But the idea is that the iPhone, even though it is uh, pretty much a, a modern multi-tool, uh, I would not want to use it in, uh, in every scenario. No. 
Uh, and there, like, there are places physical buttons are sometimes really a good thing to have, like on a calculator or a stopwatch. You know, where you're trying to time something, you have to watch the thing that you're trying to time. So having to look for where the stop start button on the stopwatch on the iPhone screen is is a really bad thing. Just on the uh, just on the iPhone, just even in the basic camera app, having a soft button is sometimes a real yeah. pain. Yeah, I mean, I one mean, of I'm the things so I like about those why. Ones. Yeah, why apps can't tap into like the volume buttons or something? And well, make Apple that. doesn't allow that, right? I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's up. Uh, your playbook review is up. We've talked about that a lot. I don't think we need to get into it again. Yep. Uh, just watch the video. I, I saw Anna's tweet about it. Tragically flawed. Sounded like a very strong statement. It is tragically flawed. It is a really good product, except for one key omission, maybe two. Um, I, re- I re- revisited the the Coava cone. Which is the thing that you put in your Chemex. Uh, I was treating it like a normal pour over where you kind of swish the water around and want to agitate it pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you actually want to treat this completely differently and grind your coffee crazy fine f- compared to what you would do a normal pour over for and uh, agitate the water as little as possible to reduce sediment. So, what is it, like a coffee. reusable plastic filter? For it's a, a stainless steel. It has a whole bunch of little tiny holes. Uh. Uh, it's kind of expensive at 50 bucks, but it's like sustainably made in America. So, it's, it's very Portland. Um, and it really, really, uh, really nice, uh, fantastic cup of coffee. It's my favorite way to make coffee now. Uh, it's replaced the AeroPress. On wow. A oh, see, I can't keep, I can't keep up with this fucking guy. <laughs> I finally break down and buy the AeroPress, which he's been telling me for ages is the best way. And now he's moved on. Yep. It's a never, it's got, ed- the AeroPress is too mainstream for him now. That's, That's the right. thing. He's the ultimate coffee hipster. Yeah. Fucking, uh, yeah, you know, once my mom got it. Once he went to the CAA, he came back a completely different person. I'm surprised that when you were talking about that stainless steel thing, you didn't say, you've probably never heard of it. <laughs> I've been, uh, it's so underground. I've been, uh, I've been, uh, well, I know that the, uh, the, uh, iron ore is mined from a northern Canadian province by provincial, uh, sustainably mined. I don't know. I can't do the Portlandia thing. Uh, anyway. Yeah, it's a uh, it's it's good. It makes really nice coffee, like spectacular coffee, actually. Uh, so we we just posted that again as a new video. So if you watch the first one and you're like, oh, that looks like shit, it did taste like shit. It was not awesome coffee. It was okay coffee. The new way is infinitely better. And now the sec- the secret really, really to good. any Chemex method is having one of these pourers that really allows you to to pour the water with precision, right? More so with this than anything, because the whole point on this thing is that you have to pour. In one, you want to pour in one spot. You don't want to move the water at all. Okay. And you want to dole that out over about a three-minute period. So just dumping the water in from the kettle like I've been doing is not that the way is to do bad. It. You need one of these very thin spouts. Yeah. yeah. Hario makes a, yeah. a pouring kettle. The Japanese ones. There's a couple of others that are that are actually a little bit better. Yeah. Um. Or or cheaper and and a little bit less. The Hario thing is a little flimsy. Is the knock against it? It's aluminum or something. Anyway, that does it for what we've been testing this week. Norm, did we forget anything? Nope. Okay. I'm going to play some music. We're going to take a question or two, and then it's time for fake outtakes. Oh, man. Question or two. I just looked at the clock, and we're not going to take a question or two because we are way over time. Uh, I'm going to wrap it up. Thanks for coming in, Gary. I like your shirt. Thank you. I like your shirt. Thank you, sir. Norm, always a pleasure. We'll be back next week with another episode of This Is Only a Test. More questions next week. Maybe there won't be as much news, and we'll just do a bunch of questions. Uh, for Norman and Gary, I'm Will. Thanks for listening. Uh, stay tuned for Hake Outtakes. We'll be back next week. Which song should I play? Hi there. I didn't see you. Test it. Look, that pig has wheels. Oh, no, 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 no. Test it. 
Hey, so uh, they found a new form of life that's kind of like fungus but doesn't have core proteins in the skin that are common to all other fungi. This not is in, not interested. This is big I'm a news. Fun guy. You are a fungi, Norm. <laughs> this is this is big news for one reason alone. Fungus is one of the core types of life on the planet. There's like you can, bacteria and viruses and fungus and animals and plants. So if there's something out there that we've not discovered yet that is outside of those five or six whatever core can, kingdoms, big news. Mm. Let me know when I can put on a, a menu. <sighs> yep. Norm, so, you have a book that's called uh, Star Wars versus Star Trek, wait, which I'm sure is what we're going to talk about instead of something real. Fuck yeah. Um, oh, my God. So I was handed this book by uh, Comic Vine this morning. I guess it was sent to them, and I have actually not read it yet. But on the title, it is Star Wars versus Star Trek. Could the Empire kick the Federation's ass? <laughs> hold on, hold on. And other galaxy-shaking <laughs> enigmas. Hold on. Does this, does this book have a chapter about the Enterprise versus the Imperial well, Star Destroyer? I'm going to review this book. By looking at the menu or the, the table, table contents, contents, okay. I'm not going to read the book. Uh, first of all, this is from, also... this is from the new uh, Forever Alone Publishing House. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it has a forward. It has it has interesting exactly. celebrity two, forwards. Two forwards. One is uh, Jeremy Bullock from uh, who's the OG who, Boba who, Fett, who was in Star Wars, right, the what? originator, Origin, original, the original Boba Fett before Boba he got Fett. replaced. Wait, right. where was he replaced? He was replaced. His voice was what, replaced. Hold on. hold on, he's not in Empire Strikes Back anymore. Well, I mean, he's still the guy under the helmet, but his voice was changed. They David Prousted him? Yes. How they went that? and took the Hold on, they, they put they Jango went, Fett in. Yeah, they went and Fett's took voice? the fucking Tamura Morrison oh, man. guy from the prequels. Oh man. And overdubbed his voice. But so, he's Jango Fett. But it's the same. Yes, it's a clone, but, it's, but, but now he's playing his son. But he also played all the voices, of all the stormtroopers. Hold on. So he retcon he got retconned out of the Yeah, have you not you're not seeing the special I, edition of Emma Strikes Back? I I bought I bought them twice now and probably have watched them once. They, yeah, it's it's uh, my rage about this is expired. Don't I get think. me started. My mm. my rage. He's also Abed is infinite in um in the new Green Lantern. All right, movie. well that's good. So, okay. so uh, Hold on. Jeremy Bullock? Jeremy Bullock. Or no, no, no. no. Uh, oh. uh, what's his name? Tim uh, Mor- Django uh, Fat. Django Fat. Yeah. And uh, Tim Russ. And Tim Russ. Tuvok. Tuvok. Uh, champions Star Trek in the forward. Tuvok uh, from Star Trek Voyager, Tim Russ, who has done nothing since uh, Die Hard. So basically, they had to go pretty far down both food chains oh, yeah. to get someone who and would I write the forwards. The, for I, I did read the forwards. The forwards are are quite hilarious. They're two pages each, and you, you could tell they were. Do they start with really? You wrote a book about this? <laughs> really? You could tell their really? agents got got the letter. Would you like to write a forward for this book? I got nothing to do this weekend. I guess I could do it. That's the question. How many rejection oh. letters did they get before these guys said yes? Yeah. I mean, obviously, the, the author clearly went to, like, you know, the, the, uh, the Patrick Stewart's and the... I, uh, no, no, they probably started with Will Wheaton. I mean, because he actually is an author. He writes books. I think Will Wheaton would, would jump on this, no problem. I don't think so. No, I think Will Wheaton would have seen... Will Wheaton is above this. Is beneath him. Yeah. yeah. He, well, even beneath him. So this book is actually broken down I into like the categories of... Even beneath him. Of, He's playing in the golf tournament, too. Oh, cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hey, say hi for him. you're not a partner with him. Why not? He might be good. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be good. Are you going to play this golf tournament to win, or are you just playing to like not embarrass yourself? No, just to have fun. And okay, it, the, the, as soon as you start caring about being good at golf, it stops being fun. Yeah. Like I play with people that are quite a bit better than me, yeah, and they have much less fun than me going around because they beat themselves up over a bad shot. It's like the beauty of golf is you only have to hit one good shot a day, like one out of the hundred that yeah. you will hit, and mm-hmm. that's that's good enough. You, yeah. you hit it, you flush it one time, and you're like, <laughs> that means you hit it flush. It doesn't mean that you. <laughs> Is this is this on the can or the couch? Oh man, 
Um, so that's the point. Is that it's it's fine to be a duffer at golf. Star because... Trek versus Star Destroyer. Star Trek versus Star Wars. Oh. The chapters are broken down. Um, so they compare like the men of each of the universes, the women, the aliens, the villains, the powers. I don't care about this stuff. When you say Star Trek versus Star Wars, all I care about is. Can the Enterprise beat the Star Destroyer? Han Solo, right. so that, so, Han Solo, hold on. Han Solo never nailed any green checks. Oh, okay. so, so look, this, this is basically the book extension of those memes that have been around forever, those lists of like, here's why Han Solo is more awesome than Captain yeah. Kirk. The argument on every message board on the internet. Yeah. So, yeah, We've seen there, it there, is a, there is Han Solo versus Captain Kirk as one of the, the matchups. Oh, my God. Um, look, look, I, look, I'm a fucking geeky guy. I've, I've bought all the Star Wars movies many times. I've got all the Star Trek box sets at home. I don't mm-hmm. give a fuck about that. Who cares about What, what is the point of this? <laughs> Who's going to buy that book? We should get like the author, really, author the, interview. The, all the books in the world, that's what you're going to spend a yep. week reading? Yep. We, should, we should do an author interview. So, under the Starship section... What the fuck is wrong with you, man? Yeah, they had the f- Millennium Falcon versus the Voyager. Don't care. Don't care, exactly. The pilots, Wedge Antilles versus Tom Paris... Don't care. Finally, the answers to all the questions <laughs> no one is asking. I want to know, know about Nine Fighter. And here, here goes the one. Uh, Executor versus Enterprise E. And like, like this, you know, the Star Trek versus the Star Star Destroyer versus the Enterprise, and like Captain Kirk versus Han Solo. That's like fun for like two minutes on the internet. No, you're wrong because at conventions, at Comic Con, that is a panel. No, they have Comic-Con. the whole. I know they have the whole discussion. Yeah, yeah. every year the same discussion. They have the difference of selection of panelists. Uh, the but the book is the, the book is lazy. The book does does not have any of the arguments that real fans would make, and it's more for humor value. And at the end, they do a tally of all these matchups. And uh, I'm just going to spoil it. Uh, Star Wars wins by one, which is the lamest thing you could... Hold on. So What's a, a Chazratch? It says, it could a Cardassian beat a Chazratch in a fair fight? Extent, extent. First of all, Cardassian wouldn't fight fair. Like, I'm not going to get sucked into it. <laughs> I'm not going to get do they sucked talk about, in. Do they talk about the thing where the shield generators are... Why do they put the shield generators on top of the, the most exposed yeah, the most part exposed of the story? Area. Story? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It, that's not in here. Phasers no, versus no. deflector screens. Exactly. Lasers and, and shields, nothing here. Why yeah. don't they just send Darth Vader in a space suit out against Enterprise and let him Grand walk away? Moff Tarkin the... versus Benjamin Sisko? Oh, fuck me. This is, this is, this is a, a, a cute this idea is a troll. that has been extended no, way, way too yeah. far. Was there a quiz in there? Can we take the quiz? Oh, there are quizzes after every chapter. Let's take the quiz. There, uh, take a quiz. Oh, man. Do you want to do quiz 15? I don't. I have no context for what quiz 15 is. Oh, these, these are stupid. Stupid easy. Uh... For currency, the Ferengi use gold, plastic, platinum. Yep, that's that's the right answer. Uh, the fluid used to heal people in Star Wars is called Bacta. I did not know that actually. Yeah, Bacta tanks. Oh yeah, okay. Come up in Dark Forces. It comes up in fucking Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Um, the original one without Jango Fett. Huh. The uh, the Klingon and Vulcan languages were first created by. Oh, uh, Gene Michael Okuda. Oh, that's good. No, actually, James Duhon. Really? What? That's that's Fuck what. off. That's not right. Keep going. Can uh, we talk about something else? This book's just annoying. What do you me. want to talk about? Would you read that on a train? No, I would. I, I, you know I they talk about the train book. test. Well, uh, this is a perfect. Oh, yeah. This is a perfect Kindle book because nobody yeah. can see your shame. Well, that's the thing. Some books have to be disguised. <laughs> right. I mean, and this is one of them. If you if you want to look at books that have like this have the shame factor, romance novels and genre fiction, but okay, both no, no, have done no. really well on the Kindle. See, the problem with romance novels is that women buy it for the cover too. I don't think so. I, are you kidding me? That's how they how, – how do you think they sell them in supermarkets? I think that, that that's how they sell them. But I think that's – R2-D2 versus Chekhov. Get, get, <laughs> get that out of my face. That's ridiculous. Wessels. 
Where are the nuclear vessels? Nuclear vessels. It's it's the Enterprise. Oh boy, I, um, I hate this. What, book. what else we got? Anything? Well, you're saying um, Kindle books. Um, Kindle shame. Kindle shame. I don't have Kindle shame. I guess like the Twilight books. I'm trying to think. Oh, the, yeah, last, the last few books that I've read, if there are any that would not survive, survive the train test. I think I've been good. Like I'm reading. I'm still reading the Game of Thrones books. That's fine. I'd read that on the on the train. Yeah. You know, if anything, the TV show has just legitimized those. Yeah. Same thing for like Walking uh, Dead. Name of the that. Wind. I read before that. That's a bestseller. Yeah, and the one before that was the uh, was the book about the Leno Conan late night debacle. Oh, that, how was, was that? It was good, very good. Okay. I recommend it. Good read. Um, like I want to read Tina Fey's book, but I don't know if I Bossy Pants. Yeah, Posse that co- I find that cover off putting. I know it's a joke, but I don't like. it. I think it's a really funny joke. <laughs> I think it's it funny. Is a funny joke, but there's something disturbing about it. I think it's funny that she had, that they had the rocks to put a really disturbing image on the cover of a book that they. Well, knew they, was they, they, I mean, she's a, she's a good. She's, oh, really? There was an interview uh, about that book and the cover, and they had a lot of different ideas, and they found a guy with hairy arms. Yeah, but I mean, it is. A, I mean, she's a good-looking woman, right? You think that they would they would want to put a sexy image or a good, attractive image on the cover to sell books? It's, it's a. It's the hairy arms is kind of a kind of a turnoff. Well, she's but known more for for comedy though, right? And I, I mean, I, but I it's a sales that. thing. I mean, it's it, like there had to be a conversation at the publishing house. It was like, do we really want to, this? Is this this image? No. I find this image very disturbing. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't I'm sure somebody. Didn't well, think about like who uh, who the audience is mostly. They're that's not true. Care. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, true. I'm not going to ever see the cover because I'm going to buy on the Kindle. Yeah, and that's I, I wish Kindle. Well, it's a problem with e-ink, but you know, I, I would like my iBooks books to have color covers. One of the things that's interesting is I got a press release yesterday from Amazon that said the fourth author has now sold a million Kindle books, and I think it's I think that was Nora Roberts, maybe, uh, but it's it's like uh, the Stieg Stieg uh, uh, Stieg Larsson. Uh, who who do you think the other ones are? Uh, Hunger Games ones. Uh, well, it can't be Rowling, right? Because she's not on there. Too late. Yeah, yeah she's Stephanie no. Meyer. Stephanie Meyer might be one. I'm going to go to Amazon right now. Uh, Kindle, one million sellers. Fact checking. Killing the podcast. Every time. Every time. Uh, Dead air. Okay, so here we go. Oh, this is on True Blood's Nest, the place to feed your obsession. Oh, my God. Oh, Oh my God. Wow. (laughs) Uh, Charlene Harris... Follows Steve Larson, James Patterson, and Nora Roberts. Oh, so James Patterson. I don't know who Charlene Patterson is. He puts, a new, he puts a new book out every week. Oh, Suki Stackhouse is Charlene Harris. I don't know who's – I've heard about that's, that. In that's True Blood. Weekly. No, True Blood is Stephanie Meyer. Oh, yeah. No, no Twilight, Twilight is Stephanie Meyer. Is, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. God, you guys know nothing. <laughs> Not all Hollywood like you, Gary Witta. Let's talk about sandwiches. I was enjoying that chat. Oh, that is a man. great idea. So we want to end this podcast at one thirty. It is one thirty-five right now. Yeah, we got to, this has got to be a quick sandwich talk. Well, we're already talking about the lunch that we're going to have after the podcast before, before the podcast, the podcast. Even begins. We do that usually. When it's we it's our tradition, right? Thursday mornings we come or in sometimes as Wednesday. early as or sometimes Wednesday mornings or as early as possible. And I know all three of us are trying to eat a little more healthy these days. Yeah. Yes. Um. I mean, we've been having salads for lunch. We we can't do the. The like the, uh, the Togo's pastrami yeah. and cheese. I can't, yeah, I can't do that anymore. big mega burger for lunch yeah, anymore. We're, we're, we're the, you can still get away with it. I mean, I you're, you're no, young, you're young, and I bulked up to like 156 the other day. It's a real problem for him. How much do you weigh? I don't want to talk about it. 230. <laughs> two, uh, sorry, 225. I used right. to weigh so 250. I, right. Actually, so I, I weigh about. I weigh the same. Oh, I weigh I the same weight. as you. Yeah. So you and I. We're Pierce. He, if he wants to have a burger for lunch, he can. No, I got, got more to lose. I got more to lose. Yeah, or more to gain. Is, the problem with him, with the problem with being smaller, is that the the more going over a little bit affects him a lot more. Yeah, but That's you're right. uh, yeah, but your age though, your metabolism is going to test that I've shit. Had, no, I've passed that. Yeah, twenty six, dude. I've it's all downhill corner. from here. You start eating ice cream after eight o'clock. You're going to get no, fat once you pass the point where you can call yourself in the mid twenties. That's it. 
Yeah, you're I still guess in the mid twenties. Right. I, I know, I, I am, but later this year, that might yeah. not be it. Well, just think I, about just think about what it, what it's like know, when it gets to our age over here. I rode Muni the, the other night, last night for the first time in a while. Yeah, dude, I am an old person on Muni. Like Bart is full of old, desperate commuters to the suburbs. Muni, the municipal train that just goes in the city, it's, I felt like a, the, the lecherous old grandfather. It's disturbing sometimes because I, I, you know, in my own mind, I'm still very youthful. Yeah, 25. I think of myself as, I, I think I've got kind of like it's a child, childlike yeah. mind. And I think of myself as a young person. Like, I don't, re- I don't realize sometimes that to the average observer, walking around in the meme shirts that I often wear looks pretty fucking absurd because I'm just an old, overweight dude yeah. in a shirt that's designed for a much you, younger you person. You look like you live in your mom's basement. I look kind of, yeah, it looks kind of ridiculous. Yeah. movie. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I know numerically that I'm old. Yeah. I don't feel old. No, but I. Have, I. But sometimes I have to acknowledge that to everyone else around me, I look old. Yeah. It's I'm a old. hard thing to do. Yeah. Back to the food. Yeah, our, I tradition, yes. our tradition is to go record the podcast for you know two hours, two and a half hours, and then go to the bar across the street and get a delicious lunch. So usually, and we and we had been eating like the the super you know fucking French cheese and bacon burger. Well, no, you would like get that. the one with the fried egg on top. Well, I have always the super, the super right? Yes. The super with the bacon and the fried egg. And that, that, I couldn't do that for long though. Well, the thing is, four different now, three kinds it, of meat on that sandwich. I, I look forward oh, yeah. to Thursdays because it's the one day where I can. Have the let your hair down, burger, as it were, and and uh, not have to eat the salad, so I can because I'm starving after the podcast. Mm-hmm. But last week uh, we actually got a, a new thing. We don't we didn't get a burger. We, we, we well, in, burger. In, in the search for something slightly healthier, we went from burger to turkey burger. <laughs> we went. We went. Well, I went from. I really led the charge on this norm. Okay, I was the one that's saying I can't keep eating these. I'm going to fucking die. I can't keep eating these things. <laughs> that is exactly what you said. So actually. I went. I went to the turkey burger, which, which was, is delicious. I think it's, it's a, really a good, good alternative. Burger, yeah. Um, but then, then we still were getting the, the like the blue cheese and bacon. I know, burger. which is kind of offsetting whatever you know uh, benefit you may be getting from eating turkey rather than a beef burger. Um, and then uh, went to what I, I, I has become a favorite of mine in the last few years is, and I'm willing, I'm now willing to go out and live and say this is my new favorite sandwich is the classic. Triple decker club sandwich. Club. You cannot go it's wrong with, a, with a that turkey. That is not a healthy sandwich. A turkey though, bacon just to be club. Clear. Well, where's well? Hold on. Turkey healthy. The bacon is not healthy. Bread. Lots of bread. The bread is not great because you're looking at you're more bread. Looking at fifty percent more bread because mm-hmm. of the middle layer. Mm-hmm. Especially if they're toasting it with butter or something on a griddle, so yes. it's fried. Yes. Then you're you're really increasing your calorie. Yeah. Really what's like happening no is the mayo. fact that you're also eating the le- the lettuce and tomato is kind of tricking you to think you're eating something healthy. Yeah, and hundred percent more mayonnaise because they probably mayonnaise both sides of that middle yes, piece of bread. Yes, but you could order it, and and when I order it, I put avocado on it as well. Oh well, avocado is kind of good for you though. It's a good fact. So yeah. the the club that they have at the bar across the street has cheese on has it, which cheese, I haven't which seen. Cheddar cheese, very sharp. Usually it's American cheese. cheese on Not familiar with cheese on a club. Yeah, we were warned by Ryan Davis. Yeah, and we got it anyway, and it was delicious. But yeah. I think it's a little too much. So I went with the BLT. I'm gonna, did. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say no cheese, avocado instead. That's gonna be my call now. But I think also it's still too. You get four triangles of the club. I, like I think that, two is enough. Yeah, because a club sandwich is typically cut into quadrants. Yeah. Each, and you know, a, a really good club sandwich is one that you really have to kind of like. It's like a dagwood un- sandwich. Unhook your jaw to yeah. get in there. It's, it's like the kind of thing you expect to have a, a, a toothpick yep. with yep. an yep. olive jam. Yeah. It's like a it. Scooby snack. Yeah, a dagwood sandwich. Well, they have to have the toothpicks in them to keep them to keep them together. So I can't believe we're talking about this. Also, this well, is what this is, uh, this high is on the main for, conversation for list. Well, this is, but this is what this section of the podcast know, is designated for. I know, for. I know, I know. So we need to find a way because Gary, we, I, I made a, we I have a, a deal. proposal. Like, no, no, no. We had a deal to split the club sandwich. No, you was, never made a deal. There was no wait, 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 wait. Norman, Norman, I have been conducting negotiations. A, a proposition to split the club sandwich because I think having two quadrants is enough, and 
an aside. Right, but I'm saying, why can't we just have that? Hold you on, know, so you, you guys were going to split a sandwich? But well, the, I, 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 I want getting just, married. I can't, I, can't, I can't just split It's not about the quantity of food. I can have... There's a social a impact. Why can't you just have a half sandwich for lunch? That's, that's, I want that's, more than that. I, I want people do. Two, I want variety. Girls. Variety. It's a thing that women do, Gary. I no, want wait, two quadrants. First of all, that's sexist. And yes, half a meatloaf sandwich. I'm comfortable sandwich. with that. So you can't give me the half... You, you won't take half my meatloaf sandwich. I wonder if you can sandwich. get a cup of soup, because a cup of soup oh, and no, a half soup's sandwich... The, soup's the worst for you. No, it depends, depends on the soup. On the soup. Oh, don't, if well, it's a creamy soup, then you don't want that. Brothy soups. Yeah, like chicken. a chicken noodle soup is not going to kill you. Yeah. I mean, so the sodium. I like the si- they have good I don't think you too. want soup at at, at Grumpy's. Oh, well, and also, also it's too hot for soup in the summer. Last right. last week we discovered the potato salad was excellent. The potato salad was actually very good. Also, not be- too not too creamy. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things that like compared to fries, probably probably better yeah, for you, but still not great. So compared to salad, infinitely worse. So right. while Gary, uh, I, uh, your your avocado twist on the club sandwich mm. is very appealing. And it's it's, for, it's for great. Adds, adds a little creaminess to it. You won't take half my meatloaf sandwich. So, you're, so you're saying that you you're not willing to just split a sandwich. You have to have. have you you want to get, say, more. for example, your meatloaf sandwich. Yes. And we'll give half of each to each other. So yes. We've got half a yes. club and half a meatloaf sandwich. Well, that, societal, that, is, that is the ideal. Scenario. There's a societal pressure here because, like, when you order, when you go in, and I like, I order like a plain green salad. I I I always dread the hmm, really plain green salad from the waiter. Like, you don't want that. No, you want the sandwich with the salad. I don't want judgment oh, no, what, what, from my, from my waist. But, that, but that's not where the problem comes in. The problem comes in when your salad shows up and my burger shows up next to yours and you find yourself staring at my plate wishing that you'd ordered something yeah, else. Yeah, sometimes, that's sometimes the, I reach over and touch it. And then you actually did that. I remember you staring at your salad and looking at the stuff that I made I'd ordered going, I, I wish I, 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 wish I hadn't order. ordered this now. Yeah, I'd gone mm-hmm. too far. So what does what Will's offer? I don't think Will has an offer. My offer was that I'll, I'll get the club, you get the meatloaf, and we go halvesies. That wasn't your offer. You're 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 changing it now. No, I'm not changing shit. That wasn't anything. That wasn't your offer. What are you talking about? I don't recall. You that. guys were having a conversation. You were you were dithering on the deal, and Norm. I gave Norm exactly the offer. Who's is there any? For, is there and any, we bumped on it. It's sealed as far is as is there I'm any concerned. mathematical way here that we all three of us can get? Like we can all order three different things and like let's figure this out. Figure so Gary out. only wants the fact half that there's four order. pieces of the club sandwich does mathematically yes, make absolutely. this interesting. Oh, I I, I <laughs> oh got the solution. I got it. Okay, hold on. But then that means okay. So Sherlock Holmes, that shit. <laughs> Gary, you're going to order the club sandwich. Okay, with your twist, which is the good twist. No it's cheese, no twist. mayo. Use avocado. I want to try the cheese because I didn't have the cheese. Oh, fuck, you're going to ruin it all. No, you, you're fucking you don't want up the cheese. Now. You want avo- You want the avocado. So, but the avocado gets all slimy and it makes the Gary, shit shoot no, out of the sandwich when you squeeze fresh. it too much. No, we'll, we'll take. They two may, first quadrants. of all, they may not even have avocado. We don't know for sure they can do it. Two quadrants of that. Yeah. Will will take one quadrant. I will take another quadrant. Yeah. I'm going to order a meatloaf sandwich and give half of it to Will, and then Will can order a salad. No way. I'm not going to do that. I can't take the pressure well, from the at guy. At what point do I get something? All I've done no, is give half my want, sandwich but you, away. But you're paying less because you want to split up differently at the end. Oh, so I only have half a sandwich. Yeah. But that's what you want, right? I, no, that's right. That's, all, that's what I you want. I have a better idea. Or Will can order a side of a like appetizer. Wait, so oh, hold man. on. So I, give, so I, have, oh. I order my sandwich, and I give yes. one quadrant to each of you. Yes. So you I'm going to end up ordering sandwich. the lady portion. If that means that I have to kick in a little less money, then I'm yeah, good. That's that's the benefit. The and, math then, and then is you be really and then you two can you split a meatloaf sandwich, right? And then maybe we'll get a side that he can get. You know, like a, a we're supposed to record apps of the week in 15 minutes, like fries or you know potato salad. Let's 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 figure it out on I, over there. I think we can do it. I don't okay. think it's possible. It'll be cheaper too. 
I, I'm. This Healthier. is going to end up in. This, this is, is going like, to tear the group apart. This is one of those things where, like, you have to send the, the the fox and the chicken over to the other side of the river. Just get a dog bag. Just everybody get what you want. And we'll get a dog bag. Yeah, but the the sandwich no, is never as good later. No, yeah, I already okay. I already have my dinner plan for tonight. We're, so we sandwich. We're going to get yelled at for being late shooting apps of the week if we don't go right, immediately let's go. and eat fast. All right, bye bye. Oh, this coffee's fucking lukewarm. I don't make the coffee. It's there you go. Brand. That can be your intro. Oh, there you go. Can you do a little more energy, maybe? <laughs> Sell it a bit more? Give me, give me some intensity. It was That was real the first time. That was the real one. You don't want me to recreate it in a fake way. I'm going to use... Uh, you don't want me to recreate it in a fake way unless you recreate it in a fake way where it's better. But it couldn't possibly be better. You can't be better than, better than the truth. As an actor, you search... Faster with more search, intensity, winner. You search for the truth. Faster. More intensity. You're not going to say it again, really? It, it, wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be real. Why, what was wrong with the first one? Well, now recording. I'm going to have to go back and find it. All right. Do you want me to do it again? Yeah. This right. coffee let me, is let me, shite. Let, let me at least drink the coffee so yeah, I can yeah, like, get yeah, a real... Get, get, the, get the read. Method. I, method. I have, I have a method. You, you're a method. This is what I learned. Lee Strasberg taught me this. Are you ready? Do you mm. want the fucking or is that too much? Like, too inept? Hey, just do okay. it. Don't say fucking. All right. But that, but that would be real. I would say I fucking. can beep it if you want. Oh my Why God. would you beat that one and not any Guys, it's 11.05. We want to be out of here by like one thirty at the latest. Okay. Actually, we could just use that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's walk. <laughs> Quiet you. Are we doing? What are let's we doing? Do it again. <laughs> oh, this coffee's lukewarm. It's March. Fuck. Beyond. Oh, my oh! God. Oh, Smith! Don't ask me to bring it if you can't bring it, dude. Oh. Consider it brought, Gary. Oh my god. I could have put money on that. A thousand dollars on that. And that was a sure thing. Because I'll keep hitting my marks all day. <laughs> nobody's, you gotta, nobody's taking that bet, Norm. Me not fucking up the intro, that is a bet no one will take. Oh, I'm a Christian Bale shit. Isn't it funny that I'm the only one here who's a professional, I'm the only one not getting paid? <laughs> <laughs> We're professionals. Hey, let's start the show. Then act like it. <laughs> Would you fucking say your line? You want me to say it again? Do it. 